this. I used to just hit record and record. Now I got to hit it twice. Okay, sorry. So July 3rd, we have J-Man here from Ontario? Uh, Quebec. Quebec, from Quebec, Quebec Canada. City Canada. Quebec City, Canada. Sweet. And you have a website uh, that I'll link in the, you know, in the post that uh, is a choose... I call it a choose your own adventure. It's a make yeah, your own movie script. Yeah, it's it's based on that. I was uh, like, like like you like you were saying before it really started recording. Uh, when we were young, like those books about choose your own adventure were were something very big and very interesting. And yeah. I, I wanted to bring that back. And I I was also looking for a. Uh, a very unique uh, way to, to put a, on a website and tell stories on the uh, on yeah. internet. And, and I, I came up with this idea of interactive uh, movie scripts where you, you choose like how the, the it, it's a script for a movie and you choose how it unfolds and you make the choices about the, um, the lines that the characters say and the, their attitude and everything. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to get into it deeper. I just was like, you know, just checking stuff out. Yeah. And I was like, this is uh yeah, like I, this is something I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I I'm I'm happy that you point that out because I worked very hard to find something really original, very novel. It is. Know. It's original and I know I I say like I was saying, I know how much work <laughs> it would take to make something like that. Yeah. Uh it's not that bad because I'm using a program that's made explicitly to do interactive fiction. So all I have to do is tweak around and there's a bit of coding involved, but not that yeah. much. And then the program transforms what I've written into HTML code and I upload it and bam, it's there. So it's just a bit yeah. of tweaking. The, <laughs> the the biggest amount of work comes into the writing to find like branching different ways to say the same thing and have a different joke for every choice you can make and everything so it's it, yeah no that's what i'm saying a lot of writing yeah no that's the that's 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 the hardest work yeah, yeah. uh yeah, it's. I it kind of blew my mind. I was like, "What is this? What am I doing? What am I entering?" Yeah. Wow. It's a, um, what What is this? Is the work of a man that is very lonely and has way too much time okay. <laughs> on his hands. That's how this podcast happened. Um, yeah, that's right. Like during the pandemic, uh, whenever like I pretty much shut down for April, and then for most of April. But um, a guy online had, uh, in an attempt to insult me because I made him mad, um, I called him a cunt, but still, uh, he basically, in a series of messages, called me a fat, lonely bitch. And I was like, if you're going to roast me, you're going to have to do better. All you're doing is stating facts about me. <laughs> you know, like, I am fat. That is my body type sure um i'm lonely who's not and i'm a bitch apparently because i called you a cunt so <laughs> do better man i don't know what to tell you with your roasting it sucks so yeah. I, I just made i had taken the picture that i used for the 
the the the picture that I use for this podcast of me hitting the joint looking like uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, I was I was trying to. It was a series. There was a series of pictures, selfies I took trying to hit this joint okay. in like a sexy way. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was trying to be sexy for a dude, and none of them were sexy. They were all awful. <laughs> And, uh, but this one was funny, at least. I looked, I was like, I look like fucking Robert De Niro in Taxi. And you're like, and uh, I was like, that's a badass picture. I'm going to keep it. And then I started the fat, I was like, that. I, I started a, originally it was like a fake comedy album Friday thing. And I was like, okay. Helen Hiker, Fat Lonely Bitch. Like it was going to be a comedy album. And I was like, I'm just going to start a podcast and start talking to people. I, I have, I originally started the Art of Comedy podcast just to interview women um to get their stories kind of like since i don't have testimonials of students for the art of comedy.org so um you know i talked to mostly women at first and then i was like it's okay man you can talk to me too it's cool like i think dudes that know me are scared to talk to me they're afraid they're gonna piss me off and it's gonna be recorded <laughs> but you know it, I'm I'm not actually that easily pissed off. Just don't well, be a I, fucking misogynistic I, pig. It's really not that hard. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have anger issues. Just don't piss me off. That's all. Yeah. But I I, I don't feel you, you'd be very uh, easy to uh, get mad or anything. Like just the 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 attitude you had with the guy that calls you a fat lonely bitch, and you're like, well, these are facts. So yeah. what do you want me to say? Yeah. I like being I, like that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I love this attitude. And if you had a show that was called The Fat Lonely Bitch, I would watch that for sure. Yeah. Like, I see that on Netflix, yeah. and I'm like, I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I really gaslit the fuck out of him, and he, he, he rolled right into it. Um, he, <laughs> what happened was is he had shit. He, my friend had made a post, a happy post about improv, and he was shitting on improv. And I, I had just had an experience of where, like, I made a post and like five male comedians just shit on the post and it's like they shit on your joy and it just especially in a time when there's so it's so hard to find joy why would you take a take your time to comment on my fucking post and it's always people that never comment on anything there's these male comedians with their hot funny take on whatever it is And they just shit all my joy. Like it was a post of a bag of weed I found in my car. Yeah, it was shitty weed, but I had no weed. I was excited that I had the weed. And they were they just talked shit on my weed. I was like, fuck all of you guys. They also don't read the comments and they just keep making the same joke over and over again. I'm like, read the comments before you make a joke, at least, for the love of God. I'm sick of I'm just copying and pasting responses because I've already said all this shit above you. And uh, yeah, so it was just like, it was like that day that he decided to shit on. And he doesn't know me. He used to live in Omaha. So I, I stayed in Omaha, Nebraska for a couple months. So I know all these comedians. And so he knows these people, but he doesn't know me. And he's like, who the fuck are you? Like, why are you commenting on this? And I was like, I could ask you the same, sir. But yeah, the it ended up, the final, the I won. Yeah, <laughs> he commenting and my final, my final, comment was just like a four second video of me doing like a maniacal laugh yeah well, then, but know, my pro- I, like dudes say misogynistic stupid sexist shit around me and i call them out on it and they so it, at this point i think most of them have learned and they just don't say that shit around me anymore and that's good you put your yeah. limit and they respect good for that, me but... i mean it's not really solving the issue but at least i don't have to hear it yeah but 
you, you know, uh, so sometimes I, I have people when I post like about uh, some uh, more political stuff uh, on Facebook or anything, and there's just those, those random people that I've never heard about. I don't even know how they're in my friends. It's yeah. Just, I, and they start pissing and, and just pissing everybody off and just being insulting everybody. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck out. Nobody asked your fucking opinion. I'm just making a joke about like what's going on with Trump. But yeah, but the, what I found, I, I tried to, uh, to give some arguments with them. Like, but I don't get in deep arguments. I just check, is there a way we can have a civilized discussion? never happens but I'm giving a chance and when I see that they're just renting and renting and not reading and just like calling me on my intelligence saying I'm just too stupid to understand the big picture and everything I'm like yeah you know what you're right I'm an idiot have a nice day I'm gonna go uh, hang myself goodbye they call you a sheep yeah they call me sheeple gonna be sheeple yeah, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm a sheeple. Bye. Good day. And just, ah. yeah, get, get the fuck ah. out. No, I just, I, I, I have managed to get my Facebook pretty cleaned up to where I just don't have those people. And they're like, people are like, freedom of speech. And I'm like, freedom of, it's my Facebook feed. And I know you people exist. What's the point? I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to be friends with you on Facebook. You just don't like to be friends with people that have opposing views, not on certain topics. True. That is correct. If you're talking about like, I don't know, basic human rights of queer people or people of color or uh, women or, uh, you know, a fucking scientific global pandemic and you're choosing to follow an orange uh, munchkin around. Um, I don't want to be friends with you, man. If you're a Trump supporter, I don't want, I, I don't want to be friends with you on Facebook or in person. I yeah. don't, I don't want to associate with you. I, I, I wasn't like that about Bush. I had friends that were Republicans through the whole Bush administration. Um, it was not like that, but Trump, if you can vote for him and support him and, and back up the stupid shit that comes out of his own mouth and that he tweets, it's not like some sort of fucking conspiracy. I, I'm using his own fucking words, uh, then fuck you. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to know you. I don't want to associate with you. I don't want you in my life. Yeah, no. but that, 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 that's the point. So something that I like about these people that are very vocal about like their point of views that nobody asks. And I'm like, uh, on one side, they just piss me off and I'd like them to shut up. But then I'm like, if they shut up and keep this crap to themselves, I'll never know that I don't want to talk to them. Yeah. So, so they, are, they, they need to have this space to, to express themselves. So I can be like, you, we're not going to be friends. Sorry. Have a, I, I hope you have the best life you can have and be as happy as you mm-hmm. want, but it's going to be without me. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... Uh... I just don't got time for that shit, man. I don't, I just, and it's like just the drama that I was talking about before the podcast started. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't have, I, I don't have, I mean, I obviously have a lot of time on my hands right now, but I still don't have time for that shit. I just, there's too much shit happening. I got too much going on. I got too many things to fucking focus on, to worry about fucking stupid shit that doesn't matter. I just, don't <laughs> I don't have the energy or the time anymore to worry about things yeah. 
Yeah. I try to, I'm trying to focus on things I can control, which is very little. Uh, there's not a lot that you have a lot of control over. So, and I'm just letting the other shit happen uh, since I don't have any control over it uh, and just rolling with it. And people are just so fucking intense. I can't take it. <laughs> I mean, I'm an intense person, but Jesus fuck. Um, well, especially in the comedy world, because mm-hmm. I, I found out really quickly that uh, the comedy business uh, acts acts like a magnet to very, very weird, intense, creepy people that they just find an, an outlet to to express their 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 selves and yeah. be who they want to be in all the creepy way they can be and the most obnoxious ways and it's just like it, it it's a world full of that so when, when you're spending all your time with comedy people it it, it gets uh it's toxic it's it, gets it doesn't so have to be that way man it doesn't have to be that way uh, you know what i mean like oh uh, you know, this week I went to one of my friend's house and her sister was there with the children and I played with the children in the park and then we sat down and we were just having a coffee in the living room and just having a civilized discussion about our childhood and everything. And I was like, oh my God, this is what having a nice discussion with nice people that are like, uh, that, that, that have like a, a good mental health integrity and they're, are not just trying to be funny or destroy people and they just want to have a good time. This is what it feels like. And oh, normal people. I, yeah, and, and I, I almost, I, I forgot about that, spending five years with comedian, just being yeah. like in, in, in this mess all the time. It's, it, felt, it felt weird. Most of my friends are not comedians, like actual friend friends i do have a couple like comedian friends but most of my people that i call friends are not comedians um i do have like some good friends here in denver that aren't comedians i never see them anymore even before (laughs) the pandemic but that's because they're it's two couples and they go out to dinner all the time yeah and they don't invite me and i'm like (laughs) i don't mind being the fifth wheel i don't need to have a partner but they never invite me they go out to dinner they hang out as couples (laughs) <laughs> and uh they don't invite the single helen along <laughs> so i'm like whatever but um yeah how what's comedy like up there where you're at uh, in quebec it's uh it's fun it's nice uh, it's uh there, there's a lot of people trying to do comedy but i think this is worthwhile right now that like uh, there's more, even more and more people every day trying on open mics and everything. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the the thing is in Quebec right now, it's a, it's really an industry. It's really uh, show business. The, it's the most business you can get out of show business uh, with uh, a handful of producers that pretty much make all the calls about who's going to make it and what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it is hard if you want to bring some kind of comedy that is uh, not mainstream. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking like especially dark comedy or anything. Just uh, 
the moment your comedy is not mainstream and not like a, it, it, it has to be like so spick and span and everything um, uh, they, they don't give you a chance and then you have to fight for yourself uh, in denver there's uh because there's like this whole like you know there is the whole there's like two there's two comedy worlds i mean in the world there's like the whole like comedy club professional kind of route and then but here there's like a huge like diy like alternative comedy scene and there's yeah. there's like alternative comedy clubs basically or comedy rooms like denver comedy lounge um that <laughs> that are that was started by some comedians that moved here from new york and so that's really like that's really what i like is like just the shows that are being produced um by well originally like the guy i was talking to that i live with Josue, he is a comedy producer he tried comedy and then it didn't really work and um then uh now he's just a really good producer he just yeah. produces really good shows and um and you know and he gets a lot of shit because he doesn't book comedians get pissed because he doesn't ever book them and he books a lot of fucking shows he produces I mean, when right now, I think, I don't even know how many shows he's got going every month, even in the pan, as soon as things open back up, he started producing shows again. So he's got, I don't know, five or six shows going every month right now. But at one point, the peak of things, he had like 20 shows a month because comedians, comedians want to produce shows and they want their name on the show, but they don't want to do all that behind the scenes producing work. They just want to show up and be like, this is my show. Yeah, they, and, want the um, they, they, they want fame and fortune, but they don't want to do all the hard work. That, yeah, producing that, that, sucks. That I mean, I produce, I produce a show. I, I had a whole festival. I produced a festival last year in Wichita, and I was going to do it this year, but I had to cancel here yeah. in Denver. And it was going to be four days. It was going to have films and sketch and improv. It's an all-female festival. But uh, yeah, and... Producing's fucking hard. Anytime somebody starts complaining about how they don't like how a mic is ran or a show is ran or whatever, I'm like, go fucking produce your own shit then. Yeah, I, I, I produce shows. Uh, I, I produce a, uh, I, put, I put on a festival also in my, in my, in my hometown. Uh, and and I, I produce a couple of shows, a, a couple of projects and every time there's always people complaining and they're like oh it should be like this and it should be like that and uh, uh, the venue should do give you this and give you that and then be like this and like that and i'm like yeah you you've been on five open mics and you never produced anything in your life go make your stuff go do it yourself put on a show see what it is to put on a show and then no come back you're talking about yeah and and when you'll be i've been producing a show for five years now the, the fifth year and i'm like when you will have spent five years of your life putting on a show and working every fucking week to bring people and comedians yeah. and have the best show ever well come back and talk to me in five years when you've done that five years and, is a good run for a show it's a it's a very good run so it's a very good run and yeah. it, it's it, it, it's working just because I, I I'm really strong-headed and I just want the show to work and I'm putting a lot of work behind it and I, now I have a, a good team also that's working with me uh, yeah. to, to put up 
the show, but it's so much work. And then you get the, the, these newbies, like they just, they, they, they just come out and start complaining about like, oh, well, uh, the, the, there was not enough people in the crowd tonight. You should have more people coming uh, in the assistance because otherwise we can't have a show. And I'm like, yeah, well, fucking bring them the people. Like, what you want me to do? Go outside with a gun into their heads and just bring them in the, in the club. More comedy. Yeah. Come and have fun. Yeah, it's yeah, it's never anybody that knows what they're talking about. It's usually a dude. It's usually a dude. Here it's usually a white dude. And they're just upset because they're not getting booked. And then they blame the producers and they blame the audience and they never stop to think that maybe they're just not funny. Yeah. They just don't even think it. They just don't even think that maybe they're not funny. And um, I'm just like, this PC, these PC culture, they just don't like that I speak my mind. Like, no, you're not funny, um, first of all. But yeah, your comedy is offensive and it's not good. Um, you're not, you're, you're not a comedian. You're an open micer. You're nobody. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. And or go to I a different to- scene where you're go 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 to Vegas or go to Nebraska or go somewhere where they aren't, they don't care about your misogynistic bullshit anymore. But (laughs) it's, I try to explain to them, it's, it's Denver comedy producers know their crowds and their crowds don't want to hear your shit. So why would they put you up? doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, but they, they, even like, of Even in like a that. thing like Denver, there's like five people that actually, you know, maybe the actually being on your show is going to bring people in to see them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's very few comedians that 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 can say because my name's on a show, you're going to get 20 people. You know, like that's what it takes to get power or butts and butts and seats. Butts and seats. <laughs> uh, you don't put butts and seats. You're nobody. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't put butts in seats. People don't come to a show because my name's on it to see me. I don't fucking, you know, I'm not delusional. Yeah, but there's so much delusional people in this business, especially the, the, the newcomers, the new ones that they, mm-hmm. they, 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 they had like their, their first big hit where it went well and they're like, oh, now I'm the shit. Now, yeah. Uh, everybody owes me booking and I can show up anywhere and just say like, hey, I'm there, give me a spot and they're going to give me one because I'm the shit. And you're like, no, you were just lucky that night. That is all. Yeah, it's like... You're, you're, you you're, you're not good. You don't know the craft. You're, 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 as you said, you're nobody. You're nobody. You're nobody. Get nobody. The fuck out. No one cares about you. Do, but no. do, do, do you tell them right away? Because I, I am having the, these infinite discussions with myself about how to handle this situation. And like, should I come up, come up front and just like tell everyone what I think? And I don't just... deal with it because I don't have to deal with a lot of those things because I only produce shows with female and queer comedians on them. Okay. Um, and then I have a newbie showcase that I'll book anybody really, but it's still mostly females and queer comedians, but it's about the newbie showcase. I, I have like two spots that are five to seven that are for people that have like never really done a show 
but I see them at mics and I see them and they're funny. And then there's like a feature set for somebody who's never really featured. And then a 30 minute for somebody who's never really been given 30 minutes. And so like uh, July 11th is the first one and the headliner Selma, she's so fucking funny. And I know, I, I was just like, Hey, do you, do you think you could do 30 minutes? And she's like, she thought for like a split second and she's like, yeah, yeah, I can do 30. And I was like, cool. I thought so. And, <laughs> and then she came back home and she's like, holy shit. Now I have to do 30. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Hopefully. But that's the thing too, is like for me as a comedian, I need, I like to have the challenge of rising to, I won't take on a challenge. I don't think I like I, that. I don't think I could do like I was offered a headlining set in Kansas city, like, maybe a year in or so. And I was like, no, I don't think I'm ready for 30 minutes. I'll do feature, I'll do 15. And they were like, wow, I've never had a comedian turn <laughs> down. I was like, I'm not gonna show up and tell you I can do a, a fucking headlining 30 minute set when I know that I can't. Yeah. I, I, it, I can't do 30 minutes without notes at that point. So I was like, I'm not gonna show up to do a headlining set with fucking notes. Um, yeah, no. And I had a comedian do that. She showed up. I had a show at the club in Wichita, which is not that big a deal, but still it's the biggest deal in Wichita. And, um, yeah, she was my headliner. She showed up, she did 15 minutes of comedy and then opened up her notebook and flipped through it and was like, what can I talk about now? Oh, and I'm God. like, what are you fucking doing, bitch? And, um, and my show got canceled because he said I wasn't vetting my headliners, but She lived in a different city. She'd done like 60 shows the year before. She was on the cover of some sort of magazine, won a comedy award up there. I'd seen her do 10-minute spots multiple times. I'd seen her 10-minute video. I mean, and I just took her word that she could do 30 fucking minutes. It just didn't seem, how does she do that much stage time and not have 30 fucking minutes? It doesn't make any sense. And um, but then I lived up in Omaha, and then I understood what happened there. But... Um, I should have messaged a comedian up there and asked him about her, but you know, they're just, they're, I vetted her as best I could. There's, I, I mean, without having seen her do a 30 minute set, which is so rare, who has a 30 minute tape, you know? I mean, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. She pissed me off. She's not, she's not funny. And, and, <laughs> and I mean, she can be funny for 10 minutes apparently. Yeah. But, but, but then, It's kind of it's kind of a problem because as you said, like they, nobody's gonna send you a 30 minute tape or a 30 minute demo or whatever. So you've seen her, you say, well, she's she has a killer 10 minutes. She's very good. So yeah, if she, she has does, a 10 minutes, she does a lot of shows. Yeah, so so she's good. Right. Oh. Here here in Quebec, we have a, a similar but different problem where we have people that are absolutely not funny. And they just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my uh, my one my first one hour show by myself in uh, this summer, and I'm like, you've done 15 open mics. What the fuck? You don't even have a five minute set. You don't an have hour. a five. I don't know if I'll ever have an. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do an hour. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to do an hour of comedy and keep up the, my energy and the crowd's energy. I, I just, I don't know if I'm ever, I mean, an hour is a long fucking time to be on stage. I can't even imagine like 30, yeah. I think 40 minutes is probably the most I've done. 
Um, but it was a very small crowd and I was able to just kind of fuck around up there. But yeah, like an actual headlining set for it's 40 minutes where it's just fire for 40 fucking minutes. No. Yeah, like, and, you, and, and you have to be funny on the, yeah. on the, the, the all time. I, I, well, at least I, for, for me, it's, it, it's how it is. Like if I'm going to go on for like 30 minutes, I want to have a strong 30 minute set that's going to make people laugh all around that come with a 10 minute and just like that, that, that you know, just flipping around the notebook like, oh, I yeah. can try this joke. Maybe. And you, yeah, you have to have a, I mean, I don't mind people like having like a set list that you guys kind of sits on the stool or whatever. I mean, but yeah, just a notebook. You can't bring your whole fucking notebook up there. What are you talking about? What the fuck is that? Just start reading the jokes in the yeah, notebook. flipping through your notebook. What the fuck? You can't flip through your, this is not an open mic. Even if yeah. you were just doing a feature set, I would not want you up there flipping. If it's a show, you should not be up there flipping through your notebook. I don't give a shit if it's in a bar oh, or a club. You want a set list? That's fine, but not flipping through a fucking notebook. What the and fuck? You ju you just said it, Ellen. You just said it. It's a show. It's a goddamn fucking show. Get on that stage and give a show for the time we ask you to yeah. do the show. And if you're not able to understand that it's a show because they're in fucking show business, well, you're not yeah. ready to to headline. You're yeah, not even no. ready to feature if you don't know you're giving a show. What, what, what are you? Oh man! I know. I fucking. It is so frustrating. It's so frustrating. <laughs> just, people just messing I, everything up. I do avoid a lot of the frustrations by dealing with women. Um, she, the, the the one woman. I mean, that's an anomaly in my experience. Most women would not do that. Most women are not going to say they can do thirty when they can't, um, and they understand. Like in, when I'm in a group chat with women, it's all business. It's like, when's the show? What's the lineup? Business, business, business. And then after the show, they're all like, you were amazing. You look beautiful. And it's just like building you up. Supportive, and male comedians, it just, in, I end up muting them, getting the information I need, and then muting the conversation because they just, they, they start roasting each other. There's always dick jokes. And, and then after the show, nothing, usually nothing. They don't, they don't, they don't, it's like over. They don't say shit in the group message after the show. Um, sometimes there are some nice dudes that are like, great job. Thank you. But I mean, they're so rare. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's also like, anytime a dude is too nice to me, I'm like, are you trying to fuck me? <laughs> what, what do you want from me? Why are you being nice to me right now? Um, but yeah, some guys are just nice and I've had to learn. Like there's, there's one here that's just like a super nice guy. And anytime I want to show with him, he messages me personally. He's like, you were really funny. And he's all super excited. And then I had to message my friends. Like, is he trying to hit on me? She's like, no, he's just nice. He's just like that. I was like, okay. Cool. Well, that's he's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Cause yeah. Anytime a male comedian's too nice to me, I'm like, what do you want? Because I, I don't, I'm not putting them on my shows usually. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't like don't ask, if I want someone on my show I have a list I have a list of people most of the producers have lists of people they want to book and it's it's that's the thing too is they don't understand like can I get a guest spot on your show is like I have spent you know a month two months at least at least a month but more probably more like two months deciding who I'm going to put on the show how they're going to work together how the show is going to flow energy wise and stuff like that you can't just not, no, no, I don't have 10 minutes for you because I, I perfectly crafted this show yeah. to flow in a certain way. You're going to fuck up that flow. You're not, 
you're not going to work on this show with these people. They don't think about that too. Like the comedians you got to put together to make a fucking show. <laughs> it, is, it is a show. It's not personal. It's a show. I'm yeah. trying to make the best show I can and get butts in seats. I want to show that people are going to come to, not comedians. Yeah, and that people are going to come to and then they're going to like the show and they're hopefully going to come back next time with more people and say, yes. oh, that was a great show because something that uh, a lot of people in comedy don't seem to understand is if you go on, on stage and you're not good, uh, okay, oh, you're, you're bombing and it's bad for your own little ego or, or, or whatever. Okay, I get that. But it's also bad for the show because people in the crowd, the, the, the public, they come and they see a show and they're like, oh, well, this show was shitty. Well, they're yeah. not going to come back to the show. Yeah. And, and when the, 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 next, uh, the, the next place opens with a new show, they're going to be like, oh, I went to a comedy show. It sucked. I'm not going to go there. So it's, yeah. it's just working against... The entire the, the, scene. Yeah. And, and it's working against comedy in general. Yeah. And yeah, just and like, like, oh, but I, I want to have a, sp I want to have a chance in a spotlight. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna give you a chance in a, in a spotlight if I can, but not on this big show. Not on this show. Yeah, and and they just, uh, yeah, like because like, there's so few since there are so few comedians that actually matter on a bill, that actually matter on the show, the show itself is what gets reputation. Like, yeah, like like Hostway shows, Goldfish Entertainment. People that follow his page, that go to his shows, know that if it's a show he's producing, it's probably going to be a good show, regardless of who's on there. And so it's the same thing with, like, the Denver Comedy Lounge. I've never gone to the Denver Comedy Lounge and it not be a good show. I just know, no matter who, I don't even need to look and see who's on there. I just go to their show because I know it's going to be good because they book the comedians. And so the, the show needs it gets the reputation of being good, not the yeah. comedian's. Like my yeah. show, newbie show, I don't even put their names on the poster because who gives a shit? Their name on the poster is not going to mean anything. I just have a generic poster that says it's every second Saturday because no one cares, especially the newbie show, but any show really, <laughs> no one cares about the names on this fucking show. Yeah. And then I post it in the in the event. I'm going to post who the people are, but and their bios and stuff. But yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. No one's going to be like, oh, you know. Sama, I know her. No one knows who she is. They should, but they don't yet. And um, yeah, so their name on the poster doesn't mean shit unless there's somebody that matters. Yeah, there are I, people that matter that put butts in seats. But. but 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 that's a good thing. Like if your if your show uh, gains enough notoriety, uh, notoriety, notori I don't know how to say that word. Integrity. Well, the, the moment your, your show is big enough and has such a reputation that bigger names start yeah. coming on your show, that, that's just good. And it just means you, you're doing a good job as a, yeah. as a producer. But uh, yeah, I, it's, it's the same thing here in Quebec. I'm, the, the show, I, I'm selling the name of the show. I'm selling it's going to be fun. It's going to be fresh. You're going to have a great night. Yeah. And it's... It, I, I'm not asking a lot of money at the door because I want to get like students and everything and I know they don't have a yeah. lot of money and I'm saying well you're gonna get a lot for the little money you're putting you're gonna get a great show yeah and that's what I'm putting forward I don't care like as you said like I'm, I, I don't put the names anymore 
And yeah, uh, un unless they're, they're known people, I'm gonna say, oh yeah, I know this show, we're gonna have this guy, but yeah. you know, or this girl, but whatever. Yeah, my show's like, it's the newbie showcase. So it's like, come see the newest, hottest Denver talent, uh, you know, so you can see them before they get famous, you know, and you can yeah. say, I saw them win. Basically, it's, it's like, the, but it's all a benefit for my nonprofit. That's all, I only produce shows that, that are fundraisers for the nonprofit now. So it's, it's about getting the word out about the nonprofit, about, you know, making money for the nonprofit. And so it's kind of a little bit of a different beast. It also, you know, I have to be careful who I produce shows, who I have on my shows. I, I'm pretty careful about, I try to be careful about who I associate with, yeah. even the shows that I'm on. Cause I don't, like there's there's actually there's only one person in this city that if he's on a show and I find out I will drop out of the show and will not be on a show with him. I don't want my name on a on a on a on a, on a show with him. I don't want anything wow. to do with him. Um it hasn't been an issue yet. I have not been put on a show he's on, but I would totally drop out of a show if he's on it because I don't even want to be associated with him. Um I well like in um I think it's the funny bone in Omaha. They were doing this contest to do a, um, like that it's how they pick their MCs. It's like a, basically a tryout show for the MCs and I was going to be on it. And he did five minutes of clean material. I, I wrote a five new minutes of clean material um, worked it real hard for like two months to get it good. And then um, I was in Omaha and the night before the contest, I was at a mic. And I overheard a guy that works there saying that they booked Louis C.K. in January. And I was like, son of a bitch. So I messaged the, the booker and I was like, hey, I know I'm nobody and this doesn't mean anything to you, but I'm not going to do the contest. I don't want to be on a stage uh, where, with, I'm not going to be on a stage where they're going to book Louis C.K. I'm not going to be associated with it. Um, sorry you know i have very strong feelings about louis ck and i don't i don't want to be they never responded and all the omaha comedians acted like i was fucking somehow burning my career down because i i was gonna upset this fucking comedy club in omaha nebraska and i'm like they're like good luck having a comedy career and i'm like you realize that you don't have to just do shows at comedy clubs right yeah that's why I don't really like the club circuit is because of things like that. These smaller clubs, they'll still book Louis C.K. because he's going to sell out their fucking club. It's a business. I get it. That doesn't mean that I want to be on that stage. And that's that's one reason I don't want to do comedy clubs because most of the comedy clubs are not these big, cool comedy clubs. They're these stupid little fucking comedy clubs like the Looney Bin. It's in Wichita. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and Little Rock, Arkansas. So that gives you an idea of what their crowds are like. And I am not the com comedian that those crowds want to see, and 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 that's fine. They like uh, they like puppets a lot. If you got a puppet, <laughs> or you can hypnotize them, or you have a guitar. I know some really good comedians that sing. If you have a guitar, they're gonna love you. You gotta have some sort of like stick. Also, I'm like, I don't know. I they just don't like my. They don't like me most of the time. It's just not my crowd, which is fine. So I went somewhere and I found. A place that has crowds that like me which is denver which is cool because i love denver anyway but yeah yeah but you, i didn't you, just you, stay in wichita bitching and moaning i left <laughs> what, what what i like uh, uh about uh 
what's the, the, the thing that's uh, coming through about you and what you're saying is that you're really self-aware of uh, these things, like the impact. As uh, uh, What I'm hearing is like, well, they don't like me. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to find another way to find people that are going to like what I, what I do. Yeah. I, 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 there, I, I like that there's no drama involved there. There's no, there, there's no bullshit of like, oh, yeah, but uh, people, the, the crowd should act this way and they should like me and this should be like this, like that. It's like, no, it's not like that. Explain. Fuck off. I'm going to make my own way. I like that so much. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame the crowd. It's, I... <laughs> My job is to entertain whatever crowd I'm put up in yeah. front of. And if I don't Thank entertain God them, you're that. <laughs> if I don't entertain them, that's my fucking failure. Um, like uh, when I first started, like six months in, I did a show at Topeka. And at that point, I had 10 minutes of filth. That's all my material was, which is sex and filth and gross. And that's all I had. And so I show up and I realize really quickly, it's probably not going to go very well, but I didn't have anything else to do. So I just got up there and did my thing. And uh, they just stared at me most of the time. Um, but I did it. I did my 10 minutes. I fucking pushed through it. And, and I was like, I got it. But, but instead of being like, fuck that crowd, they're pussies. I was like, yeah. I should probably go write some material that will entertain that kind of crowd. Should I be in front of that crowd again? Especially since at that point I'm living in Kansas. That's a lot of my crowd. So I wrote like 15 minutes of material that's about my kids. It's still dirty. It's still, you know, it's not clean by any means. It's but it's edgy. about, yeah, it's, it's edgy. I mean, I'm yeah. talking about my kid Googling porn and sending dick pics to people when he's a teenager and, you know, things like that. But it's, that was my fucking life. It's what happened, you know? And, um, and, and so when I, now, if I walk into a room like that, regardless of, first of all, I don't, unless I've been to a room before or I've done a show there, like in Denver, if it's at a brewery, you know, it's, I can pretty much gauge what I'm going to do, but I I'll switch what my material is going to be. If I, if I was walking into that room planning to do 15 minutes of dirty material and I saw that crowd, there was a 15 year old boy sitting right in right on the front of the stage. I would, I would, uh, I could now go, Oh, I'm going to do my kid material and I can switch my material to match the crowd and they're like that's selling out like no you're not being true to your art and i'm well, like well, i'm an entertainer yeah. <laughs> i'm an artist sure i am i'm an artist but at the end of the day when i'm on the stage i'm doing a job and my job is to entertain the crowd as best i can for the time that i've been told to entertain them for not uh, not 11 minutes not nine minutes 10 minutes yeah people. And, and it's just a big show of respect for the crowd and the producer and everybody on the show because I, 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 it, what people don't seem to realize is that people that come to a show, it costs more than just paying the, the, the ticket. Like if they have kids, like they have to find somebody uh, to, to take care of the kids. They have to drive. They have to find parking. They, they buy the beer. They buy something to eat maybe. And then they come back late. Maybe they're, they're, they're going to yeah. get, get to bed later than they're used to. And then they're going to be tired to work. So there's a lot of things involved for the, when the crowd comes in for them. And then you have these comedians that's just like, oh, stupid crowd. They're they don't get my jokes and they don't get the, the second degree in my joke and that shit. Like, yeah, best guess not you're not doing your job. 
And your yeah. job is to have respect, show respect for the, for the public who's there to laugh and make them yeah. laugh. That is, at the end of the day, when you're a comedian, that, that's what you want, to make people laugh. If you don't make them laugh, you didn't do your job the right way, whatever the circumstances. Yeah, it fucking, yeah. I, I, I got, like I'm 42, I didn't get into it until I was 38. So I've been doing like four and a half years. So I think that that's part of what has helped me is that I'm just so much more mature. I already lived my life. You know, I've raised kids. I, you know, um, I have degrees in business in marketing and stuff like in accounting and shit like that. Uh, so I, I have like the business, I understand marketing and the business side of the, of the entertainment industry that most of these comedians don't understand, which is fine. Um, yeah. But if you really want to make it in comedy, even if you're not going to produce, you really need to study the business side of it. And then a lot of these things are going to make sense to you. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's not, it, there's so much more to it than just getting up there and being funny. Um, but like when new comedians come in and they want advice from me and I'm like, just be funny and be kind, be kind to the producers, be kind to the wait staff, be kind, be nice, be kind to everybody. I say, some people say be nice, but for me, like, Somebody explained it to me once, like being nice is like something you do out of obligation, but being a kind person is just who you are. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. just be kind and be funny. That's all you need to fucking worry about. And the rest of it will work itself out in time. And uh, just everyone thinks the egos in the comedy community, especially amongst, you know, mostly white males is just so huge and they think they're so much more special than they are and i'm just honey you're not special do you realize how many white male comedians there are you know yeah. like you're not you're not you're not talking about anything special you're not looking you don't look special there's nothing special about you i'm so sorry you're funny but there's nothing special about you um at all so i could there, there's so many like comedians here that you know i could get 40 white dudes to do a 10 minute spot and I could pick from any of them because they're all going to give me the same 10 minutes of shit. But <laughs> I don't have to, like I said, I don't really, I don't really deal with that because of the shows I produce. And it yeah. also helps. Like I don't have fucking these dudes kissing my ass trying to be my friend because they know that I'm not going to book them. Cause that's just not the kind of shows I produce. Um, and I like my newbie showcase because um, like I do, I do put men on it. Like, August, it's going to be the headliner is going to be a dude, but he, he's somebody that I think can do 30 minutes, but never has given the chance to, and somebody has to give them their first 30 minute spot. How are they supposed to prove, how are they supposed to get a 30 minute video? How are they supposed to prove to the other producers like Josue that they can do 30 minutes if no one gives them 30 minutes? And I understand why like Josue is not going to give this guy 30 minutes and let him headline a show. I get that because his shows are like on a whole different level, but you know, so there has to be that outlet for people to do, to do it. And I love new comedians so much. Um, I love their energy. I love how excited they are about comedy still. And they're not jaded yet. So I really like, really like working with new comedians a lot. Oh, man. But. I, I realize maybe I'm becoming a bit jaded because. Yeah. <laughs> like before the pandemic, 
on one point, the pandemic has been a blessing for me because it forced me to stop and take a break from running shows and everything and just get away from the, the, the newcomers because I, I'm, I've been like doing a lot of open mics and hosting open mics and everything. And I'm just like, I realized I, I, I was sick and tired of all the, 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 the Another thing I don't think comedians <laughs> understand when you have it like me, that's a comedian and a producer, the sacrifice that I make for my own comedy to produce comedy because that's taking time and energy away from yeah. my ability to go to mics, my ability to sit and write comedy. And, you know, it, 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 I'm taking time that I could be using for my own personal career to produce shows. And, and yeah, they don't, especially like fucking host. Oh man. The one that bothers me more than not getting booked on shows is people that complain about how mics ran. They're, they're, they're pissed off that the mic isn't ran. It should just be an order how they sign up. Why? So the first 10 newbies that I, that, that happen to get there two hours before the fucking mic, I get them up for the first 10 people. And then by that time, there's, if there was a crowd, it's gone. Oh God. It's gone. And they don't oh, think God. about the, the venue. You know what I mean? The venue, like the mic that I started, it's like last week was the first one. It's got online signups because we have to limit how many people can be there. Mm -hmm. And also I said that I give preference to females and, and LGBTQ people. And like a couple people said, to, like, like they couldn't, like, why, like, why would you do that? I'm like, because that's how other mics are ran without it officially being like that for men. You know what I mean? Like they're mostly ran by men, their friends come in and their friends are funny or whatever, but they put them up first. They get them out. They give them all the special treatment. So it's 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 already being done. There's already there's already mics that are basically giving preference to men. They just don't list it like that. But that's what they do. And so because that's it, who their friends are. But it's it's just not obvious that they're giving privilege to, to to men because it's like it's like that everywhere. So you don't see it. But when yeah. you go and say, oh, I'm gonna. Uh, uh, a gift priority to women or LGBTQ or, 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 or whoever. They're just like, oh my God, you're, you're, you're giving privilege. What? Yeah, yeah, you're doing it also. You just don't see it because it's yeah. lost in the sea yeah. of everybody else doing it. Also, it kind of tips off. It's going to keep doing that. Keeps away people that I don't want at my mic because this is a brand new venue. They they're, we're doing a weekly mic and then a, there's different shows there every Saturday. And it's a brand new venue and I, and, and I want to keep the owner happy and I don't want to put some fucking idiot up at my mic that's going to get up there and say some stupid shit that's going to upset a customer and have a, a, a negative review of their business based on this idiot that's on their patio. These people are just trying to eat their fucking food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most of the people that are coming, that are any audience members that we happen to get at the mic, they're not there because of the mic. They happened to get some pizza that day and decided to check out the mic. And um, I guess we got a good Google review from my mic. I got to find it. But <laughs> like, yeah, there was a guy, he was just, I was, because there was like one audience member at the mic. The rest were comedians. And I was just like, are you here? Are you an actual audience member? And he's like, yeah. I was like, did you come here for the mic? He's like, no, I'm just eating just came here to eat, thought I'd check it out. I was like, sweet, thank you for coming, you know? And uh, he left a good Google review of the place and the mic. I mean, they have really good pizza. 
Well, they're pies. They're not pizza. They're like individual pizzas. They're fucking good. Um, it's like fresh made. It's fucking dope. They're real. It's really good. I really like the restaurant. And um, yeah, I just that's another factor that I don't that they're not thinking of is that is that I know the owner. I know her values. I know uh, I know what's gonna offend her and what's not. And I don't want anybody up there saying shit that's going to offend her, much less her, her, the whole point of having us there is because they want business. They want, hopefully our shows and our mics will bring people in to buy pizza that didn't normally buy, come there to buy pizza. And they're going to stay and maybe take yeah, another drink. Yeah, buy and... extra drinks. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole fucking point. Yeah. Of letting, then... Why would the venue let us at their show? What do you think that we're there <laughs> for for them? Because they're bringing, you, you, they hope you're going to bring in business and not drive their business away. Yeah. And, and, and on even further, like if a comedian comes uh, comes up on stage and messes up and does something that offends and the, the, the venue gets bad reviews or complaints or everything, then as the showrunner, you're the one who's going to have to handle that shit. Yeah. It's not the comedian that's going to be a... Yeah sitting in, in the office with the owner and just being they, they yeah i mean if we everything. if we piss off this venue especially right now we don't have a lot of shows we don't have a lot of mics if we piss off this venue we lose a monthly mic a weekly mic and three shows yeah i mean i don't have control over what the other show producers there i mean we kind of have a we're, we're kind of doing a group effort we have like a combined flyer so that we don't have <laughs> a whole bunch of flyers all over their fucking business um So, I mean, and I'm kind of the main communicator with the owner because the other producers are like kids. Um, and and one's a production company. They're doing pretty good dead, dead room comedy. I mean, they're all people that, you know, are good producers and stuff. So I'm not really worried about it. Um, but yeah, like the one that I'm most worried about, their show's not till nine o'clock on a Saturday. So there really shouldn't be, you know, it, it's a pizza place. There could be a kid out there during the mic. I mean, the mic's mm -hmm. at 6 p.m. on a Monday. Who knows who's going to be out there? Um, that's another thing, too. People are so adverse to trying to write clean. Um, it's hard, and I, I'm not very good at it, but I understand the value of doing it, um, and I don't feel like I'm selling my art out by having clean material in my my arsenal of material. It's, it's good to have a variety of material, and then, you know, I need to write more. I want to do corporate stuff. Um, I was in that world in accounting. I was an HR manager when I started comedy. So, you know, okay. I could write some stupid, cheesy office jokes. Yeah, uh, but corporate comedy is the worst kind of comedy ever. Oh, man, with the money. It, it, yeah, the, the money is good, but like every comedian, I, I, I've never done. No, I, I, I don't want a, a kind of corporate uh show and it's just like nobody listens they don't even know there's going to be a comedian shit. they don't give a fuck they just want to have fun it's their christmas party i don't care like, we're gonna this dude uh, got five hundred dollars to do the pizza hut thing in kansas they didn't even bother trying to find a local comedian they flew him in they put him up in a nice hotel they gave him 500 bucks he got to eat all the fucking shrimp and booze he wanted and then he flew out and you know if i could do that in town 
500 fucking bucks for 30 minutes. I don't give a shit if they're paying attention. I don't fucking care. That's their problem. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to do my best 30 fucking minutes I can give them. If they don't pay attention because they're eating and chatting and networking, oh, well. But, you know, I, I, I'm just realizing. Like $500. That's all I'm yeah, But I'm just realizing now that we've been, I, I don't know for you, but now that I've done a lot of Zoom mics, Oh, just yeah. with comedians not giving a fuck about what's going on. I think it's just building myself up to go on stage in front of people that just don't give a shit and just yeah. Zoom mics. Do, do the show. Just the show must go on. Do your show. Get the fuck out. Take the check. I feel like Zoom mics and shows are like masturbation. It's like <laughs> I'm desperate, so I'll do it. And it feels good while it's happening, but afterwards it just makes me sad and want the real thing more. You know, yeah. it just it's just like that. I mean, that was good, but I'd really rather be on a you know, on a stage with a mic in front of humans. So true. And but I'm afraid that doing too much Zoom stuff is gonna mess up my timing because you have to like you have to give extra time on a Zoom show for it to all catch up and for them to get the laughter back to you. Um Yeah, so it, it's like way different timing than in person. Absolutely. So I don't, I don't do too much Zoom stuff because I just, I don't but, but want it affecting my timing. What I like about Zoom shows is like, oh, uh, maybe after this, I'm going to sit down, write a couple of new jokes, work on a bit, then I'm like, oh, there's a Zoom show. I'm just going to try these jokes and just just say them out loud to some people at least once just to hear them in my mouth just like oh okay like uh it's not this this is not working so i can just flush it out and replace it with something else so it, it's really easy to to have a, a faster feedback or just a faster chance to try this stuff out and then when i have the chance to be in front of a, of a real crowd Uh, that that matter the, the, those jokes will be, that I'll be bringing on stage will be stronger because they've been tested. So th this is a huge, huge, strong point for for Zoom shows and yeah, you're and, and you're between other comedians and there's absolutely nobody watching <laughs> the live show. So it's Zoom mics are so painful to sit through and watch other comedians do because most of them are not funny yeah and oh. so sitting like at an open mic in person especially once i know who the comedians are i'm like oh who's up next and who's on deck all right i got 10 minutes i'm going outside i'll be back in here in 10 minutes to see if i'm up yeah. and and i'm like i don't want to listen to them and i can walk outside i can smoke weed with my friends and i can go back in and check on things but like in a zoom mic you're just like there I mean, you can mute yourself and you can stop showing your video. You can turn your computer down. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just painful to be in a Zoom it's mic. It's painful. And, and a lot of people on these mics have so low levels of energy. It's, it's killing me every time. Yeah, just, you're just like sitting on their couch like, yeah, so. You know, so yeah, today I went to, uh, to the grocery store. And <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have a joke on that, but I just wanted to point out that I went to the grocery store and there was a line because of COVID. So anyways, <laughs> I think, oh man, what are you doing? You're killing comedy. Yeah. You're just killing comedy. We have, 
Zoom chats, like in displaced comedians, there's Zoom chats that, you know, people just talk and bullshit in. That's where you do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. My, I have friends that really love it. And I, it's cool that, you know, to make connections with comedians. Like, I don't know how you found out, like where you signed up on my podcast, but um, I talked I to another, <laughs> I don't remember. I talked to another Canadian comedian. Um, she's in Ontario, I think. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, I do enjoy that aspect of things that I'm meeting, like comedians that live in the UK, you know, and uh, I could go do a mic that's in Japan. That's pretty fucking interesting. I haven't, yeah. I haven't done those mics, but I mean, it, it, it's really interesting that you can now go online and you can get people in Japan to see your comedy. It's, it's fucking insane. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that, I think that even after the pandemic, that these online mics are going to stay. Um, I know people that will hit like three, four online mics in a day. And they just go from mic to mic, mic to mic. So they got shit else to do. Um, and I think that a certain amount of them are going to stick around even after, Absolutely. after all this, I think this online comedy zoom type stuff is gonna is now going to have a place in comedy so it's something that i need to uh i don't it's something i need to learn how to do properly you know what i mean uh because it's now going to be part of comedy it's just gonna be part of being a comedian now yeah it's gonna be part of being a comedy uh, a comedian but i don't think it's gonna be part of uh, comedy at large no it's, uh, it, 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 i think it's gonna just become a place for us comedian to get together and try jokes and maybe like workshopping like, basically yeah. more yeah. than anything yeah uh, because uh, i know from uh, really credible sources that uh, a, a big festival here in quebec city we have the, the biggest french comedy festival in the world here in quebec city and i yeah. hooked up with, with them and uh they made uh, you know they made a survey with uh, at large with people about online shows because they thought like when the pandemic came out they said they thought maybe we're going to do uh, our festival live and yeah. what people said is they, they said well i tried watching a live show and i didn't like it so i'm not going to do that anymore and i'm just going to wait and hope that we can go in a venue and have this. Yeah, you're talking about audience members, right? Yeah, audience yeah. member, and and that is they, they they they've been talking to people that 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 that's I've seen shows from professional comedians. A yeah. friend of mine, she's like she 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 looked at a live show from a very very well known, very talented, big name from Quebec. And yeah. she, thought, she thought the experience was a disaster. And so people are not going to sit down for, for yeah, an maybe not mic the shows, of nobodies that The online mics, I think, are going to stay to a certain degree, um, even after things pick back up. Because like in Omaha, they got like four mics a week, in-person mics a week right now. But there's okay. still, there's, I still see the comedians in Omaha doing these online mics too. Because it's like, you don't have to drive anywhere and you just turn on your computer and you, it, it, it's good for like, if you have material like brand new material, you've never said out loud before. 
Yeah. It's probably not going to do well at a mic no matter what, you know, cause you're just now saying it for the first time. And so it's good. It, that's, it, it's good for that. Um, it's still going to serve. I think it's still going to serve a purpose. And there's a lot of comedians that just really, really love doing these online mics. Like they love it. And my friend Brooke's one of them. She fucking loves it. She's killing it in the online mics. But Brooke is a very energetic person that has like that light that just glows from inside. And she's just a very energetic, very goofy, very, she's very entertaining to watch online. And I am not, I am, I am, I, I'm not monotone by any means, but I'm not, I'm not an, ex I'm not a, I'm not exciting on Yeah, you're not extravagant and out there. And also, I need them to be able to see my whole body to do things. Uh, I need, so, I mean, if I was really going to do it like I wanted to, I would have to get my computer on a stand. I'd have to get a, get my mic stand out and my mic, and I'd have to stand there and just really do, do my material. Um, but it's hard. Yeah. The timing is what I said. It's just, it's hard. It's, I couldn't really develop a joke properly and fully for the stage solely in online mics because the timing would not be correct no. at all. No, you can't. And the, the first, the, the first mic that, that I did online, uh, I thought like it's going to be hell. So I'm going to give myself a chance. And I came up, uh, I use material that I, has been worked and tested and, and is working. Yeah. Uh, and it was a flop. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> but that that put in perspective, if it would have been a, a new material, I would have said, well, oh, this thing is just shit and I would have thrown it away. But I, I just saw that bringing some strong stuff didn't work and felt like like bombing. I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's not, it's not a place to 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 get a an accurate uh, feedback on what you're doing is it funny or not no it's just say it out loud i'm just saying it out loud yeah say it is it flowing are the words well chosen like oh maybe these ideas are not in a good order and just put stuff back together to bring it on stage and there have a, yeah. a frank and honest uh, feedback from the crowd yeah 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 i mean like in wichita like i have mics here i always have mics like Like, this is my mic that I try out brand new material that I've never done before, you know, and then like, and then, oh, okay. And then I can take it to this mic because like we have a mic on Mondays here normally that, that gets a decent actual crowd. That's not comedians, you know? Um, and so I try to take more polished stuff to that level, to that mic, um, to really see what an audience is going to think of it. And so When I first started comedy, I was so fucking structured because I do like I, I am an accountant. And I have a degree, you know, and I do have that like spreadsheet organizational <laughs> side of my brain. Um, yeah, my first set, it was I, I typed it out word for word, 12 point font, single space. I had a whole page, only got through half of it, but I had actions written in there. It was like a fucking script almost. And, um, you know, And I was just, even at Mike's, I took everything so fucking seriously that I was like, I have to have a set lit and, uh, and like every fucking show and every fucking mic was just like, ah, and I was like, this isn't fun. This sucks. <laughs> and so I just like started trying to focus like when it doesn't matter. So when I moved to Denver, I just also for the first three years, 
I mean, I smoke a lot of weed. I've never been a big drinker, but for the first three years, I refused to go up on stage high or drunk or with any substances in my system because I didn't want to have to rely on a substance mm -hmm. to get up on stage. Um, and so I didn't go up on stage hardly at all for the first three years, whether it was a mic or whatever, high or drunk, I always waited till after my set. And so um, when I moved to Denver, I started just like fucking around and I was like, I just started getting real stoned and going up and doing, like I still structured my material and was like, eh, but I would get real high and do it. And then I started just going up at mics, not, not like stoned, not knowing what I was going to say. Cause that's how I write comedy. I get real stoned and then either I'm alone and I'm thinking funny thoughts or I'm talking to somebody and I think funny things and I write them down. And so I just, the whole like writing on stage thing, I, I always heard comedians talking about how they don't go to mics, they write on stage. And I was like, how do you do that? That's impossible. <laughs> um, but now I've just, I, so I got, I would just go up to mics with nothing, nothing. I had no idea what I was going to say. And I would just start talking about some things that have been on my mind. And then um, I started like shows that didn't really matter, you know, where I was doing like 15 minutes. I knew how I'm going to get in and I know how I'm going to get out, but I don't play in the middle. And, uh, and I just kind of go up there and see what happens. Um, so now I'm like, I swung way far over to the not planning at all. And now, so I'm, I'm working on getting back to like a middle ground between over planning and just being stoned and fucking riffing up there. Yeah. Um, because I say some really funny shit off the cuff. That's how I'm funny. That's how people were like, you should do comedy. You're so funny when you tell stories. So I want, I don't, I'm, I, I, if I'm too structured, I lose that. I lose that part of my personality that people find so funny. So I'm trying to like just be more of myself on stage. And if I'm just being myself on stage, when I'm just being myself and I'm being funny, it's not structured. I'm not thinking about the material I'm going to work on my friend before we go hang out. You know, I just say funny things. So I'm trying to find like the balance between being too structured yeah. and being able to relax and letting some things happen naturally or crowd. Cause like crowd work and shit is not my biggest, uh, you know, I got to work on that. That's probably like my next, my next thing to really fucking work on is crowd work. Cause I don't, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not that good at it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people are putting way too much emphasis on crowd work. If you're going to do a good hour, if you're going to do a good hour, you're, you're going to have to have some crowd work in there. Yeah, but... You can't just do an hour, like spit an hour worth of material at, at a crowd and let them sit there and stare at you. They want, they like it. They want to feel interactive. They want to feel part of the show. So like there's some comedians that are really good, like Sam Allen. Yeah, if you're good at it, yeah, go for it. But a lot of people, they just like... They, they, they force they, it. They, they force it and... I think the best crowd work is uh, it's really organic. It's just happening yeah. because there's, there, there's something you're on stage and you're doing your stuff. And like between two bits, something happens. You just notice someone or something and you take that and you make a joke on it and you make people laugh yeah. and then you, you go on something else. Then when I'm too structured, when I have like a solid 15, like really structured, it doesn't leave me any room for crowd work. Cause I'm like, I got to tell this joke and I got to tell this joke and I got to tell this joke. So I'm just like, oh, focused. I'm not even paying attention to what's in the crowd. So I'm so focused on just my next joke. And so like going up there without the middle figured out, 
allows me that time in the middle. You know, I, I got two minutes in the beginning and two minutes at the end of 15 minutes figured out. It gives me 11 minutes. <laughs> and I know, like, obviously by those, the beginning and the end, the topics I'm going to talk about. Um, but having the relaxing in the middle gives me that time to actually engage with the crowd if something does happen because I don't feel this pressure to do my material. But that, that, that's the, the, the downside of, because I'm, I'm really, or really, really, when I go on stage, I, I, I don't leave much room to uh, improv and, you know, yeah. just riffing on, on, on what's happening. And I, I spend a lot, a lot of time of writing and rewriting and finding the, the wording and the jokes and just packing as much as most jokes as I can. Yeah. Uh, in my script, you, you said like you were at the beginning, you were writing, it was like a script. I'm writing fucking script. It, for, for me, it's theater, it's, it's acting on stage. Yeah. So I have the script and, and everything. And because I, I'm thinking, I, I want to go on stage. If I have 10 minutes, I want to have the strongest 10 minutes that I can yeah. give. So people will be laughing for 10 minutes and be like, oh shit, this guy, this J-Man, I want to see him again because it's so fucking funny and he knows what he's doing and he has jokes and he's making me laugh. Yeah. But the, the downside and that happens sometimes, something happens and I just don't use it. And I, in, in the crowd, in, in the venues, there's something and I'm just keep on throwing jokes. And after the show, I'm like, oh shit, I could have said that and that and yeah, that yeah. and used it and everything. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm I mean, you're only doing play. 10, it's hard. I think like for me to really relax and feel like I have, I need at least 15. Cause then I can have 10 minutes of material and I can have some wiggle room. Uh, yeah, it's hard to relax and do crowd work at 10. When you only have 10 minutes, you just, cause you never know where that's going to lead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once, once I, you know, when I can do like 15 minutes or more, I, uh, which, you know, is a, 15 minutes is probably about the norm that I'm offered now. Uh, for the most part. So I'm, I'm past the, especially in the beginning when you're getting five to seven, you don't got time to be up there and dilly dally with the crowd. You got seven fucking minutes in front of them. Uh, yeah. Or like when we do comedy works here has new talent night. And the first time you get up, you get two minutes, two minutes. Wow. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and you want, and they, they started a thing where they like, they count how quickly you get your first laugh, how many laughs per minute you get, stuff like that. And so I'm like, I only have two minutes. I need to make them laugh immediately, immediately, yeah. right yeah. out the gate. They need to laugh at me and I need to leave with it. They need to leave them laughing hard. So that was like the, the first thing. Like the, what the, two minutes do I want to do? The first, in that context, the first thing that came, comes That's out your mouth has to be a killer joke. And yeah, you got, I made them laugh like 10 seconds in. Yeah. Or yeah. something. I think it was 15 seconds in. I made them laugh, which I'd like to get that a little faster. But, and then I got like, I got like a laugh on average every 15 seconds for two minutes, which is good. That's a lot of yeah. laughs. Um, so yeah, when you, cause I was, I, I, I saw a comedian do his set. He was practicing it for comedy works. And I was like, look, you only got two minutes. You need to make, you need to figure out what material is going to make them laugh the most for two minutes. Like you got to punch, 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 punch for two minutes. We only have two minutes. Um, the next, then the next time I get to go up, which was probably getting close, but now the pandemic happened, you get three and three sounds so much like so much different than two. 
it's so hard to do anything funny in two minutes. Um, yeah, but I mean, I did it. I did well, but, and then they give you feedback on the jokes and it's good feedback. And, uh, yeah. And I, I listen, I, I don't really listen to the advice of most people. There's very few people that I don't do workshops. Uh, if, if, if there's a if there's, I don't want to, I don't give a shit what people's hot takes on my jokes are that are most of the comedians. I don't, I don't want them to help me write my material. Um, also my jokes are like, my material is just stories about my life and they're personal and they're true. And so a lot of people try to give me tags or, or punchlines and shit that, that aren't true. They're like, Oh, you could say this. I'm like, but that's not the story. You know, <laughs> I can't say that because that's not what happened. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I, I think that the best feedback when I'm, I'm giving feedback to, to somebody, what I'm trying to do is, is tell you like, maybe you tell a story and then I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, well, you know, they, 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 there's missing something like, Oh, I, I, I don't get why I should care about your story. So yeah. I'm just giving you, but I'm not going to tell you how to write your story and what. Yeah. You, or maybe like cut words out. Like my friend Lynette, who's just started comedy, her stories are really long, and she speaks when she's telling you a story. She tells you like she's writing a book, and she has all these adjectives in there and all these. She really wants you to see and hear and smell and. I'm like, you're giving too much information and, yeah. and, and you're not just focusing on the funny parts of the story that matter. Like, what do they need to know to get the punchline? That's all they need to know from the story is what do they need to know from this story so that your funny parts can be understood. Yeah. And, and so she's working on that, but it's just, yeah. So, so, so I, th I think the good feedback in comedy, the best feedback are the ones about the technique behind yeah. the jokes and not the jokes uh, per se, not, not the, the real writing of the jokes. It's just like, oh, uh, or, or like, oh, uh, you have to put your punch word at the end. Like the, the last thing you say in your sentence and your joke has to be the punch word and yeah. things like that, but not uh, tags or anything. Or just when to stop. That's the thing with her. I'm like, no, stop <laughs> right there. Stop with that sentence. That's it. That's the yeah. end. That's the punch. That's the funny part. Don't keep going on about that unless you can think of something funnier to push it to a new level. But uh, like my little brother, when I'm stuck on a joke, my little brother's a comedian too. He started like six months before me and he knows me, you know, and he knows my stories. He was, you know, he knows my life. And so when I'm stuck on a joke, I'll ask him um, because he knows my style. He knows my life. He knows my story. Um, so yeah, there's a few comedians that I will, I will ask, uh, to help me with a joke if I get stuck on it. But I, anytime I go to a mic where they're like, you know, it's a workshop and we'll give you tips afterwards. If you want, the first thing I say is I don't want your advice. Just listen to my jokes. I don't, <laughs> I don't care what you have to say about them. I don't like workshops. I don't, I mean, I understand their value for other people, but just because, and that's the thing too, is like, just because something doesn't work for me, like comedy classes. I didn't take a comedy class. People shit on comedy classes. You can't teach someone to be funny. No, but you can teach them all these things about joke structure and to put the mic stand behind them and to yeah. look professional on stage. And so I see these people that have come out of the comedy class that I wanted the nonprofit to send people to. And they're, they, that class saved them six months to a year of just, of just, learning shit 
uh, about how the business part of it works and 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 all those things and joke structure and 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 getting to the point and all these things that we're talking about. That's what comedy classes teach you. It's not if you're not funny, you're not funny. There's no amount of classes that are going to make someone be funny, but they can they can they're definitely have a value. I I'm not somebody that ever liked going to school or classes in general. I like to learn about things, but I like to just, I don't know, I like to teach myself shit. So I, but I definitely see like the value, especially for women in classes, because it's, it's, it's scary to just go to a mic all by yourself as a woman, you know what I mean? And, and, to, no, and, so, <laughs> and so they make, they make connections. So they're able to go to these mics together and they, they get like a, they feel safer and stuff. Um, so I definitely understand. I, I've always hung out with dudes and I'm pretty, I'm, I have no problem walking into a male, male dominated space, but I know that that's not true from the majority of women. So I get along with, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just let so much shit go is what I, I just, if there's nothing I can do about it, I let it go. And, you know, I just do what I can. Like, it sucks that there's probably there's still predators in our scene, and um, you know what can I do about that? Well, I can not be on shows with them. I can not book them on my shows. I can yeah, I run just, the just try to just try to ostracize them as yeah. much as you can. I run the, the 5280 scene. comedy site. So um, and now I made a new website called Colorado Comedy Connect, and I won't put shows on that that have certain people on them. I just don't put them on the, I don't put them on the website. I don't, if they were to start a mic, I wouldn't promote their mic on the website because I don't, people get on there. They see my name, especially like, like a traveling female comedian. She gets on the Denver comedy site. She sees my name on there. She knows who I am and my nonprofit and how I really work with female comedians. And she says, Oh, if this mic's on here, there must not be ran by a predator at a venue where there's a predator because Helen's endorsing it. So like I'm endorsing their shit by putting it on this website and attaching my name to it. So I won't put certain people on there. And if they don't like it, I'll tell them exactly why. I don't pussyfoot around it. I'm like, because you've been accused of being a rapist and I think it's true. You know, um, the one guy here that, that the, the one guy here that we have a major problem with, like I heard things about it. I straight up went to up to him because we talked before. He gave me a ride home, and I didn't know all this information when he gave me the ride home and stuff. And he seemed fine to me. And then I heard all these things about him. So the next time I saw him, I walked up and I was like, "Hey, I heard you were a rapist. What's up with that?" <laughs> and he was like, "Oh man!" And he told me his side of the story. But I still, I'm not a hundred percent whether I believe either side. But it's there's enough information for me to know that I don't want to associate with him. Mm. He's tainted in this scene, regardless. And his jokes are fucking offensive. And, and, and one time, I mean, I was friendly with him because I just wanted to see like who he really was. And he showed me who he was. Like he, I had a tank top on and a hoodie, like a zip up hoodie and sweats. It was a mic. I had no makeup, obviously did not give a shit about what I look like. I had this much cleavage because I just have big boobs and I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. Sometimes I have cleavage. Unless I have yeah. a shirt that comes up to here, like this one, I'm going to have a little bit of cleavage. And he's just staring right at my tits. And I was like, dude, quit staring at my tits. And he's like, well, you got them out there. I was like, no, I don't. 
I do not have them. They stick out. I can't do anything about that. But I'm not displaying my cleavage right now. What are you talking about? There's this much. <laughs> and so that, yeah, I was like, that's, I was like, and I told him, I was like, this, this behavior right here is why people don't want to work with you and they call you a creep. Regardless of whether you ended up raping, you really raped somebody or not, you're a fucking creep. And this behavior right here is exactly the fucking problem that you have. And I walked away. You know, I just, and that's why men are scared to talk to me. Because I'll do that. Like, there was a comedian that, we were talking about one of the new comedians that came out of the, out of the class. Uh, her name's Ashley MG. She's really funny. She's going to be on my July 11th show. But the, there was this newer comedian dude, and he said, young guy, he said that she was too pretty to do comedy. And then my friend, my other friend, male friend that we had comedian guy that was standing here next to me walked away. He was like, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> and he just left. Uh, and, uh, and I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, well, uh, uh, and I was like, what is she supposed to be doing if she's not a comedian? I don't know. Being a waitress, first of all, who says waitress or a model, and I was like, first of all, she's like 5'3". She can't be a fucking model. Second of all, do you know that she has like, she's, she's got like a master's in accounting? Okay, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, she's a fucking intelligent person. She's got a master's in accounting. She doesn't need to be a goddamn waitress. What are you talking about? And then I was just like, if that was a dude, you would never say that. You would never say that somebody, a man was too good looking to do comedy. Yeah. Um, it, it's the most and I just like went off on him and then he started trying because he's like a mixed kid he started trying to talk about like black people or something I can't remember what he was getting into and I was like what does that got to do with anything and I just kind of went off on him and he um he walked away and he was like look I'm gonna leave before I upset you and I was like too late and then <laughs> as he's walking away he's like I just you know I'm gonna leave but I really like your material you're super funny and I was like I don't even know who you are <laughs> and he, I, I don't know any of your material. I don't know nothing about you. And he, wa I don't. And he walked yeah. away. But the, I was the, like, the, who the fuck are you to give your opinion in the first place? <laughs> that who gives a shit? Asked about, yeah. But the, there's, the, there's still a lot of uh, latent sexism in. Oh man. In comedy, and honestly, uh, as a man, sometimes I, I realize that. Oh shit. Like I, I was going to say something really stupid, and why am I even thinking that kind kind of shit? But Listen, it's it's it's. I mean, it, there, society but, has ingrained some of these. Oh, things. absolutely, but I, doesn't it, mean it, you can't it, evolve. It just kills me every time uh, I hear, and I heard that too many times, and it sh it should be. No, no one should say that anymore. But the host, the MC of the show, and there's a girl. Uh, going on stage and the, the MC is like, oh, uh, the next one, uh, she's a girl and uh, but she's but she's very funny and she's very cute, so you're gonna like her, please. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, first, who fucking cares she, if she's a girl or not? Yeah. Two, but she's gonna make you laugh. Shut up. She's gonna make you laugh or not, no matter if she's a, a girl or not. And oh, I hate it when they point out the fact that I'm a female. I hate it. Oh man! Like, look, we have a female on this show. We only got one, but look, it's a woman. Look, you know, like it's some sort of magical. And like my art of female or the art of comedy show that I was producing monthly, um, I only booked women, but I didn't, I didn't market it as a female show. I was just like, this is a show, and it has all women. 
and it's just like that's just normalizing a show that because we have it's like a Ruth 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 Gator bent bent that the fucking you know what I'm talking about our our Supreme Court Justice old lady yeah, okay. Okay, Ruth yeah. she um someone asked her how many you know, like how many women does she want to see on the Supreme Court she's like all of them and they're like what she's like we had an all male Supreme Court. And nobody said anything about that. Why is it such a shock to think that there could be an all-female Supreme Court? And and so yeah, I just I just I booked the show all female, but I don't like. In which now I called it the Art of Female Comedy Showcase, and now it's just the Art of Comedy Showcase. And I just book. I still, I will book non-females, but I predominantly predominantly book females, um, or queer people. And uh, you know so. If I don't market it like that, it's like nobody is like, why are there all women? Nobody notices that it's all yeah. women unless I like point it out. And then they're like, yeah. where's our man festival? I'm like go start a fucking, produce a festival. If you want to produce a festival that's all men and you think that that's going to work, go right ahead. <laughs> produce <laughs> your man it. festival, produce your all male show, it. produce your fucking mic, do whatever the fuck, produce your fucking most offensive non-PC mic that you can you can do. Go ahead, try it. Go pitch that to a venue. Go pitch to a venue that you're gonna you want to host an all male festival at their at their venue and see who signs up for that. Yeah, show. all male just dirty jokes. That is all for for yeah. a weekend for the all weekend just shit and dick a whole jokes. Whole weekend of dick jokes. Yeah. On down. You like a dick joke? We got dick jokes. We got. And you call this the Be a Dick Festival. <laughs> be a Dick Festival. There you go. That's uh, that'd be a great male festival. Be a Dick Festival. Yeah, it's just. And that, 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 it's getting better. I think it's getting better. Like I know the Denver yeah. comedy scene is is getting better as far as like policing the scene and gatekeeping, and it does um, because the. The majority of it are males. It, it requires their involvement and cooperation to really get predators out of the scene. Yeah, they they have to be willing to um, say to a dude, "You're creeping people out. I don't want you at my mic." You're because like um, in Des Moines, not Des Moines, Sioux Falls. I went through Sioux Falls just traveling up to a festival, and and. Um, stopped and did a mic I know some people there and they let me do 10 minutes and I was just high and tired from the road and just kind of ripped on some shit that I've been thinking about and I had this set about I was talking about how female comedians are always talking about how male comedians are always trying to fuck them how no one ever tries to fuck me and I'm starting to get offended <laughs> um but then I didn't do the second part that talks about I kind of go no I'm actually grateful because you guys suck basically I don't want to sleep with any of you anyway And I didn't do that second part. And I guess the comedian that got up after me just did like five minutes of how he was going to fuck me. And then I lost my car. He walked around trying to help me find my car. And this the whole time trying to fuck me. And I was like, I am not fucking you. So you can just, <laughs> I mean, I was very clear with him. Like, I don't need you to help me find my car. I don't know why you're still here with me. I'm not going to fuck you. And then when we get to my car, he says, so are we fucking in your car or mine? And I was like, I'm 42 years old. I don't fucking cars. And, and then he's like, I'm just saying, I'd show you my dick if you wanted to see it. 
And then, but, and then I go to another place and I start talking to my friends and the people that are in the scene and they're like, oh yeah, that's so-and-so. He does that all the time. And I'm like, why are you letting him come to your mics? Because if I had been traveling through and I didn't know anybody here, I would say fuck Sioux Falls. I'm never doing comedy again there if that's what they're going to allow on their scene. And I wonder how many women have traveled through Sioux Falls done a mic there and decided they're just going to write the whole fucking scene off because they allow this fucking, he's not funny. There's, he does, adds no value to your scene. There's no reason to continue to let him get stage time. All he does is it's, it's terrible. And he just alienates women and he's not funny. And, um, he's but even, if, even if, if he's funny, yeah. that, that, that doesn't excuse he's, yeah. such behavior. Following of... me around. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's, it's a city I don't know. I can't find my car. He's, he's a big guy. He's probably 6'3". He's very muscular. I definitely would not be able to fight him off. I did not feel afraid because I am me, but I could definitely see how another female comedian would be terrified in that situation. I mean, I was annoyed, but I could see how it could really, that whole situation could really terrify somebody that had been through some shit or something, or even if they haven't, just this dude following you around in the streets you don't even know where you're at and he's fucking just hitting on you hitting on you hitting on you and um yeah just but now there's a there's a comedian there that just moved there from chicago and she's gonna once things get back together she's gonna she's like i'm, I'm gonna fix it i'll fix this shit she's like i wonder how many other comedian female comedians don't want to be in my scene because of this because there's hardly any female comedians there and i'm like why would there be it's not a safe space because there's one guy. It's really just one guy. There's not like a lot of creeps. There's just this one guy who's a very intense creep. Like well, we 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 had to deal with that last year. Yeah. And so some guy who sent, uh, and and the guy was really obnoxious, like all in all. But he he sent one, a lot of girls a a thing on messengers like, uh, oh, this uh, this coupon uh, is good for a blowjob whenever I want one, something like that. Yeah. And, and we were just like, D -d dude, why? That, no, that, that's just, a, don't do that. And we start with everybody just stopped booking him. Everybody was just like, okay, we've had enough with you already. Just yeah. get the fuck out. And then it's just, he doesn't even get the message. It's just like, he's oh, still well. getting to go up at mics. Yeah. He's still trying to go up on mics and yeah. everybody's like, no, get the fuck out. And just yeah. like, Oh yeah. But it was just a joke. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's not a good joke. It just, it's not a good joke. Good. It's offensive and it shows you to be a fucking predator. Yeah. You're a creep, yeah. man. You're a creep and you're not funny. Get the fuck out of here. The guy that we, the biggest problem we, the biggest issue in our scene, he is, he's been moved up by Comedy Works and he's, he, I mean, he emcees there and he does have some funny jokes. He can be funny. It's not that he's not funny. He's just, yeah, he's just a creep, man. He's just a fucking creep. And um, he's just, I don't know. He, he kind of looks like Louis C.K., He's just a creep and he does he has no value to the scene. He doesn't put butts in seats if he's on your show. There's just no reason to book him. 
Yeah, but you, there's plenty of funny people that aren't creeps. You, you, there's, you know, there's no reason he needs to be booked. There's yeah, too many other options here. It's uh, a white guy. The, the argument of like, oh, it's not funny and it's not bringing people and it's not bringing value to the scene. I know, I know enough women who have been sexually assaulted to every level, to, like from harassment to plain drugged and raped. Yeah. I, 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 I know women in the whole spectrum and they, they, they came to me and they, so, so some of them, they, they, they came to me for, for help after it happened. And I don't care if the guy is funny. I don't yeah. care if the guy fills up a show. If you're a fucking rapist and you're just destroying lives, get the fuck out. Nobody yeah. needs you. Nobody yeah. needs you. You're, yeah, you're, you're, just, you're, you're not bringing value to the all humanity thing. Yeah. So fuck comedy. It's like on the human scale, you're bringing nothing but destruction yeah. and pain. So please get the fuck oh, out. Kind, kind, kindly, kindly leave. There's plenty, <laughs> there's plenty of non-creeps, non-rapists that are funny to book. There's no reason that we need to book these people. Yeah. There's no reason. They're they're especially on a local level, they're nobody. But even famous comedians like Louis CK, there's plenty of fucking comedians that are gonna fucking fill your comedy club up that didn't fucking sexually assault people. But you know, part of them the only way the only reason that that club in Omaha was able to book Louis CK is because of all this shit though. He was not so part of me is like he was doing a he was doing like a weekend in the first part of January in a fucking nothing club in Omaha, Nebraska. And that brought me joy to know that that's the level he's at now. Um, be, because Comedy Works, she went back and forth on it, but they, did, they refused to book him um, when he was reaching out to them to do a show. Um, and so, I mean, there's... Comedy Works is obviously a corporate thing and some people talk shit on him or whatever, but at least they did that. At least they didn't book him. I don't know. Um, yeah, so, and it's like, my only problem was like, why did you have to reach out to a victim to get her side? There's, it's not just one victim. There's been like eight of them. There's enough evidence in well-written stories out there by, by journalists who have done the research that you could just read that. There was no reason to have to feel like you were like, who the fuck are you to just message some, this poor woman out of nowhere and be like, tell me your terrible story about Louis C.K. <laughs> who the fuck are you? I don't give a shit what club you own. You don't have the right to just message somebody and be like, tell me your fucking rape story. It doesn't, you yeah, know, why uh, would you do that? Especially when there's so much information already out there. It's already uncovered. It's there. There's no reason to continue to investigate it. Um, yeah, but at least, I mean, at least they didn't book him. And that would, that would break my heart because I wouldn't be able to go to comedy works anymore if they did. And I would, I wouldn't get, I don't give a shit if it's the it, comedy works is a huge fucking thing. But if they were to book Louis CK, I wouldn't be able to go perform on their stage ever again. I mean, it sucks that they fucking keep that other guy on there. But that the situation with the other guy, it's a local guy. There was one accusation. He does act like a creep off stage, but there's not been any other females that have accused him of anything since then. And this was years ago that he got a, <coughs> that 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 the rape happened, and so I can I can see them not. I can see how they can be like, well, there's not enough evidence or whatever, but 
But yeah, Louis C.K., what do you got to investigate? It's there. Yeah. And he admits it, so. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's getting better. There's still so much bullshit. Um, and I feel really grateful to be in the Denver comedy scene where things are, the men, it's, because like I said, it's, they, we have to have the cooperation of the men in the scene to really make any change because they're, they're the ones being friends with these guys still. They're the ones that are being like, oh, that's just, that's just Joe, you know, he's harmless. It's not harmless. If he's, no, it's if he's, not. They're scaring women away from the scene. That's not harmless. That's a problem. That's why we don't have more female comedians. Because they're like, well, they have to have a thick skin if they're going to be a comedian. Yeah, you have to have a thick skin for, re for the same reason a man has to have a thick skin, for the rejection that <laughs> yeah. you know, happens. But you shouldn't have to have a thick skin for sexual harassment. That's, yeah. not, that's not having a thick skin. If they can handle it, they shouldn't be comedians. No. There's a, there is a lot of fucking bullshit you have to have a thick skin for in comedy, but fucking having to fucking fight off a man's dick shouldn't be one of them, you know? No. Just don't hit no. on them. Just stop trying to pick up fucking comedians. You know? <laughs> like, like, stop. Stop trying to hit on females. Just don't fucking hit on them. I don't care how cute or funny they are. Just fucking and, like them. And, and it even affects uh men because we've had the, the, the this guy this big big uh name uh what's his name uh it's gonna come back in a second i'm so fucking bad with names yeah uh, eric salvay you can yeah. check him out eric salvay in quebec he has like a shitload of accusations of uh, sexual harassment and, and everything and it was all on men on, on guys like you would just come out a, to, to random guy and put his dick on their shoulders and stuff like that what <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's is he gay yeah oh yeah. yeah and people are just like could you please just take your dick away from my can shoulder you, and can my you please face take your dick off my shoulder yeah. <laughs> yeah no one should have to say that ever no, no one, one should ever have to say to someone please take your dick off my shoulder yeah Ever. 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 That should never be a situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's, that would, see, and the thing is, is like, no one would even attempt to behave that way in the Denver comedy scene. They just mm -hmm. know that you can't do that. <laughs> like, you should already know you can't do that, but they know that they can't do that in the Denver comedy scene. They just know. They might bitch about it. Like, man, I can't just take my dick out whenever I want. This yeah. Is, this is oppression. Um, <laughs> I have the right to put my dick on every shoulder that I want. Man. Yeah, I'm funny. I sell tickets. Uh, I can put my dick wherever I want. Yeah, Same bravo. attitude. You sell tickets. Bravo. Good for yeah. you. That gives you no. Men are so obsessed with their dicks. They think they're magic or something. Like <laughs> dudes that like trying to. They act like they act like them offering to fuck me is like what. You're gonna fuck me? I'm so grateful. Oh my God. This never happens. <laughs> they never try to fuck me. I was like, it's like, oh, especially like online dating. They're just like, I can, I can come over. Oh, you're stressed? You know what helps stress? A good fucking. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> get off me. You know, um, that's not what I want right now. I don't need someone to come fuck me. 
I'm cool. If I need someone to come fuck me, I have that. Thank you. Uh, it's not hard to find. Uh, I'm not even like a traditionally good-looking woman by any means, but I could get, if I wanted to, if I really put my mind to it and got online, I could have three different dudes come over here and fuck me every day. Three different guys. You know, and so I can only imagine how much worse it is for women that are traditionally good-looking in the the (laughs) fucking onslaught of annoying hi messages they get. They just say hi. Like (laughs) Facebook, they just message you out of there where they're like, hi. Do I know you? Why are you saying hi to me? You know, and then it's always the same fucking thing. It's so fucking annoying. Um, yeah, they're just like, don't message me on Facebook. This isn't a dating app. Instagram's not a dating app, fellas. Don't message those That's fucking right. hot chicks. I know there's a lot of hot chicks on Instagram that are posting a lot of hot pictures and the Instagram models or they're, they're, po- they're posting thirst traps or whatever the fuck you call it. Comment on it. Like it if you want, but don't message them. Don't message them. They're not on there for dating. That's not what they're on there for. (laughs) Facebook should only be used to creepily stalk people and just gather as much information as possible. That's the only. Well, I do that. I get crushes (laughs) on people. And then I'll just like Facebook stalk them. Usually they're in another scene in another town. And it's really nice to get crushes on comedians because they put so much content out there. <laughs> um, you can listen to them on podcasts. You can watch their videos. Uh, you learn so much information. But uh, inevitably, at some point in time, my crush will say or do something that makes me go, never mind. And so I never get to the point where I'm messaging them or trying to hit on them or ask them out because I investigate them first to see if they're, especially if they're a comedian, I don't just want to fuck around with a comedian. I wouldn't mind dating a comedian, but I'm not just fucking around with comedians. So I have to, like, I'll watch their behavior and I'll be like, no, nope. <laughs> this is for whatever. Maybe they're not a creep, but they do or say something that makes me realize that we wouldn't be compatible and then I don't have a crush on them anymore. And so I break up with them and they have no idea we were even dating. Magical. It's magical. No clue. But, but you know, I'm realizing with, the, with this discussion we're having, you know, about, guys always thinking about sex one thing that i'm grateful is that i started comedy in my 30s yeah and so my my libido it has a low point right now and i'm just i can think about something else than just putting my dick in somebody as much much as i can i'm just like oh i I don't have to hit on every girl that that i've that 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 i meet and if i I'm interested in a girl and I try I approach her and she says no I'm like well okay I try okay. now I'm gonna go back home and write jokes and yeah just work on my crap and that's not the end of the world yeah because I mean it the, the creeps do <laughs> what what men need to understand is that the creeps and, and these guys are making a bad name for men in general yeah in and out of comedy but yeah, yeah it is affecting you because if you were at a mic or a show and you came up to me afterwards and told me how great I was and how funny I was I'm not you're not going to know it but in my head I'm like putting up a wall and I'm like what do you want from me are you trying to fuck me you know and that's and it, it and it's not because I think I'm the shit and like every dude's trying to fuck me but most dudes that come up to me are nice to me are trying to fuck me and that and I fell for it so many times thinking they wanted to be my friend 
then hung out with them as a friend. And then inevitably they hit on me. And yeah, then I'm like, I'm not interested. And if I say I'm not interested and they continue to be my friend, which has happened, then that means they do care about being my friend. But most of the time they hit on me that I never talk to them again. They're like done with me. They're like, oh, I can't get in her vagina. I guess I have no reason to talk to her anymore. It's like, you don't want to be my fucking friend. You're trying to fuck me. Just be honest. Maybe I do want to just fuck you. Maybe I do. I have just fucked people. So just be honest with me about what your fucking intentions are when you're talking to me. Don't come up to me and act like you're my fucking friend when you're trying to fuck me. Just play these fucking games. I just play these games. And I just, yeah. I just can't. I just don't. I just, <laughs> tell me what the fuck you want. If you want to uh, fuck me, walk up to me and be like, you're hot. And I, I think uh, we would have good sex. What do you think? And I'll probably be sex. like, no. But... <laughs> At least I'll know what your fucking intentions are. But yeah, I guess. And also, 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 above all that, please don't fuck between comedians. That's that just puts. Don't on, fuck with what? Don't fuck with other comedians. Like comedians yeah. should not have sex together. It just puts on so much drama that we really don't need. And yeah. Fights and and just just yeah because there, there, there's a lot of people you can fuck like out of you're a comedian you get on stage you're supposed to get all the girls that you want go get them outside the scene and get yeah. some drama elsewhere oh. well i write material about my life so if i'm dating a comedian in the scene i'm gonna write material about them and when we break up i'm gonna write material about them and 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 so and and if people knew we were dating they're going to know who that material is about and so there's that danger like i don't want somebody on i don't want somebody on stage writing material about me and then that be what people are talking about i don't want when someone's outside when when people are outside the mic or whatever and my name comes up i don't want it to be coming up because of who i'm dating or who i'm fucking or yeah. i want it to be because i'm funny or because i'm a cool person or i'm a bitch even they can stand out there and talk about how much i'm a bitch and how fucking i'm a militant lesbian fucking nazi feminist if they want but i don't want them talking about who and i mean i did i fucked up last year and i did fuck around with a comedian and then i heard from another comedian who who was talking to him about about hitting on me and um the guy I fucked around with was like, I don't know if she likes you or not, but she, she's, she's really good at blowjobs. That's not what he said, but that's, he said it way more crude than that, I'm sure. <laughs> and so I, I talked to the guy and I said, I said, if I ever hear of you ever walking around telling anybody, any, but he's like, I was saying how good you were at it. I was like, I don't give a shit. If I ever hear anyone else ever saying anything that you have said to them about me and you and our sex, I will fucking destroy you. I will fucking, he's already not liked in the scene, so it wouldn't be too hard. But I, I <laughs> even if he wasn't, I was like, I will destroy you. I will take you down. I will fucking get you canceled. Do you understand? Do not ever fucking give my business out like that again. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, he's a fucking idiot. It, I think there's like a rite of passage, some female comedians, like you have to have, he's an open micer. He's just a pretty open micer, and I was weak. I don't know. I have to learn lessons for myself. I can't just, I have to do it for myself. And I'm like, oh, that's that thing people told me not to do. They were right. <laughs> that's why. That's I shouldn't do that. <laughs> but I get real petty 
when people piss me off and I get like, if I were with somebody and I cared about them, and we had a breakup, it's going to make me not be able to go to Mike's because they're going to be there. Or, or I, 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 yeah, I won't fuck with comedians in my own scene. They, if they live in another city or something, fine. But if they're in my own scene, I don't fuck with comedians in my own scene because I, oh, no, no. I, I don't want to fuck up my scene. That's where, like, like same with, I'm not going to shit where I eat. Comedy's too important to me to risk making the scene a place I don't want to be in because of some fucking idiot that I fucked or that I dated or whatever. So it's just, it's too important to me to mix those things. I mean, but if, if I, if I, if there was a comedian that I hung out with and things just naturally organically grew into a romantic thing, I wouldn't be opposed to it to where I'd be like, no. And I put a stop to it, but it's, I, I, I do what I can to avoid it. It's hard because it I don't hang out with milk like comedians, most of them are men. <laughs> They're very funny, which is an attractive quality. Um, you know, and 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 you know, you you're hard up, you go out. Like I think it's what I'm ovulating. I don't know. Sometimes I go to the mics and like dudes that I normally never would have found attractive, I'm like, Jeff's looking pretty good tonight. You know, and then I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with you, Helen? That's Jeff. And I'm like, I think I'm ovulating. I need to go home. I gotta get, I gotta do my set and get the fuck out of here before I make a mistake, before my hormones take over. But yeah, I started later. So I think that, like I sowed my oats, you know, I don't need to sow my oats. If I had started comedy in the twenties, I'd be fucking everybody. It'd be a nightmare. It'd be terrible. It'd be so bad. It'd be so bad. Yeah. I'm so grateful that I didn't have to start in my, that I didn't start in my twenties, honestly. I don't think I'd be any further in my career if I'd started eight years, you know, like at 21. I didn't even have anything to make jokes about. <laughs> well, what you, I, have, you have no fucking life experience. And nothing. you're just like, I gotta make jokes about. But, just hormone driven all the time. Oh, uh, yes. I mean, I had four kids between 19 and 24. So I was busy in my 20s. <laughs> popping out babies and then taking care of babies. So it saved me a lot of trouble. Kept me out of trouble. I'd probably be dead. If I hadn't had kids, I'd be dead. I would have been a drug addict for sure. There would have been nothing <laughs> stopping me from going too far. Uh, yeah, I just would have fucking, I'd probably be a homeless, I probably would have been like a vagabond fucking pill popping drug addict, like just Xanaxed out all the time. Uh, I'd probably be, yeah, yeah. I was a church lady for a little while. If I'd have kept like for three years, I got real religious in like 2001 to 2004. So two, no. It was when 9-11 happened. So yeah, like 2000 to 2003, I was like the treasurer of the women's group and like didn't listen to anything but Christian music. And I didn't watch movies over PG. When I do something and I dedicate myself to it, <laughs> I, I, fuck, I wasn't going to be one of them half-assed Christians that just goes to church on Sunday. No, I read the Bible. I tried to live my life by it. I fucking, you know, I was in it. Um, if I had a state like that, God, I'd be so fat. I'd just be like this fat, moo-moo-wearing Christian woman. I was going to homeschool my kids because I didn't want the devil. I didn't want them to get, I didn't, didn't want them to get the devil in their heart at the, at public schools. Yeah, so much commitment. <laughs> and Maybe now I'm that, 
No. Yeah, yeah, but you know, if you commit that much, that that might explain why you give so good blowjobs just because you're into it and you're just giving all yourself to it. That's it. Right? No, it's, it, yeah, that it, I do. That's the thing is like I do give good blowjobs. So I wasn't like, a, you know, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need everybody in the team <laughs> I, to know I, that. I, I, I'm just thinking like, what if you have said like, I don't give such good blowjobs and that guy is just giving me such a reputation and yeah. i'm not going to be able to hold up to i'm not going to be able to hold up they're going to i'm going to go to sex some guy's dick and they're going to be like fucking brian wire <laughs> i'm disappointed i'm going to give her one store on yelp <laughs> well i don't i actually liked him and thought we were dating turns out we weren't but uh, <laughs> i thought we were trying to date and maybe be in a relationship uh, so that's the only reason he got a blowjob. He didn't even deserve my, I wish I could take blowjobs back. There was some comedian talking about that. She's like, do you ever wish you could just take the pussy back? You know, like you don't deserve that. You didn't deserve that pussy. I'm going to take that pussy. I'm just going to erase that memory from your head. I'm going to take it back. Cause you don't deserve it. Um, yeah. So, cause I don't give blowjobs to just every fucking dude I have sex with. Like percentage wise, I say it's maybe at about 20%. 20% of the penises that have been in my vagina have also been in my mouth. That's my mouth, okay? I kiss my mama with that mouth. I eat with it. Can't just let any old thing in there. What other use does my vagina have? I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm done having kids. It's, it's the only reason I have that hole is for fucking. So I'll fucking, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let all sorts of people in there. But my mouth? No. Mm -mm. That's, that's one reason I have trouble dating women. Um, I do like to date women, but I'm really, really picky because the majority of your sex with a woman involves you eating your pussy. So I'm like, I don't want my mouth going down there. Um, like there was like one time my friend was going to hit on this chick in a bar and she was just, she's just really skanky. She was pretty, but she's, and um, he goes to hit on her and he comes back and he's like all sad. And I'm like, it's okay, buddy. You'll get him next time. She's like, she wants to talk to you. And I was like, no, I'm not putting my face in that. I don't know where that thing's been. I don't know how many, I don't know how much semen built up in there. No, thank you. Gross. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she's a lovely person, but I don't want to put my face in her crotch. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 not always a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It can be very bad. And it's actually like, yeah, even trickier with women because there's a lot of factors. Hormone, yeah. what she ate that day. Did she freshly shower? Uh, there's so many things factoring into the, whew, can't be down here. I'm very, I'm very smell oriented. Like, like I like people that like, if, if a dude smells really good, it adds like two points immediately to his, to how good he looks. Yeah. Me. But I mean, you don't have to be uh, scent oriented, like on a, on a smelly vagina or a smelly dick either. You're just like, yeah. it's, I, it's no, I just, if uh, I can smell something bad down there, I can't do it. No. I can't, nope. <laughs> I can't, I can't be down there if it smells bad. I can't, it distracts me, I can't get past it. And uh, it just, like scents just get stuck in my nose. And I can smell them like days later, like, oh. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't dated a woman since 2008. Cause the last one I dated stalked me and she's, women are crazy. Women that I date are crazy. I date crazy. Like I, I, I'm attracted to like broken, crazy fucking people. It's another problem in comedian date, not dating comedians. Cause they're all my type. You know? yeah. 
addicts. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> loving alcoholic. What? <laughs> you know, like I have jokes. I have a joke about how I need to become an alcoholic sniffer, like a drug dog. You know, because <laughs> if, if you're if you think your friend's an alcoholic, like let me introduce me to him. If I'm attracted to them, then yeah, you need to give them help. <laughs> yeah. I just want to, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a helper. I don't want to help people. I'm not like trying to help people stay clean. That's not my motivation. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't grow up in an alcoholic household. I don't have all the pre markers of like codependent people that date out. I don't date alcoholics anymore. In fact, I, I have like questions I ask people like, not like immediately, but once we get to like meeting in person, like if I want a second date, I need to find out like, have you ever been addicted to drugs or alcohol? Uh, do you have mental health issues that you haven't? I mean, I have mental health issues, but I, I manage them, but you're not managing or doing anything about. Do you have past trauma from relationships you're not over that I'm going to get accused of because all your girlfriends cheated on you, so you think I'm cheating on you? Do you have past trauma from your childhood? Do your parents treat you like shit? And you're going to be like, you're going to have to just like my mom. Am I going to have to deal with that? Uh, do you, are you a fan of Joe Rogan? That's the first question I ask. Before they even get to meet me in person and move to a texting, I need to know if they're fans of Joe Rogan. Because if they're fans of Joe Rogan, I'm, I immediately unmatch. <laughs> Out of here. Nothing it's, personal. We're just not going to be friends. <laughs> I can't. Well, I used to be like, I could be friends with Joe Rogan fans, but I can't date them. And I would be like, I don't have anything personally against Joe Rogan. But then all that Joe, because I never listened to it, but all that Joey Diaz shit came out. And the way he laughs and claps when Joey Diaz says that there were 20 women he forced to give him blowjobs for stage dive. You know, just how amused Rogan is by Joey Diaz talking about assaulting 20 women made me fucking sick. So now I'm like, fuck Joe Rogan. Fuck his <laughs> fans. I don't even want to be friends with you. Get the fuck out of here if you're a fan of Joe Rogan. I know people that listen to Joe Rogan's podcast if there's somebody on there they care about. But I had a dude <laughs> online refer to him as Jopra. And that's the first time I heard that term. Like the, the male Oprah. Have you heard that? Is that a no. thing in Canada? No. Joe Rogan. But I, I, don't, I, I don't follow Joe Rogan's shit yeah. at all. Like, Is he like a the, thing in Canada, though? Do the Canadian... Do Canadian male Canadian comedians fucking work with Joe Rogan? So some of them do. Like the the guy with whom I started the the festival here in Quebec City, he started watching Joe Rogan's podcast all the time, and I just saw the shift in his attitude. Like and from in less than a year, it went from us being like brothers to me just kicking 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 him off the project of the festival and the old comedy scene because it was getting so toxic. Yeah. It, it's, it's incredible. And it was just ma making stuff on, the, on Facebook about like uh, during the Me Too stuff, it just went yeah. out of control. And I'm like, well, dude, you get the fuck out. I don't want yeah. to have you anymore around. Yeah. And that's the problem <laughs> is that most dudes don't yeah. do that because that's their buddy. They've been buddies yeah. with him. That's my buddy. I've known him forever. I'm like, you know, you can stop being friends with people. Uh, well, you can if, divorce, if you can divorce your wife, you can stop being friends with this guy. Well, you know? the first, first thing you can sit with that guy, with your buddy and have a chat and say, well, like, I don't like where you're going right now. I don't stop like it. the shift in your attitude. 
And if it doesn't solve the situation, well, you part ways. And it's yeah. hard. It's really hard to, to dump yeah. a friend, just like it's hard to dump a lover. But, man, if it's not working, it's not working. <laughs> yeah, know? I haven't. I don't usually dump my friends. I, they, they, I usually just kind of stop talking to them and it takes care of itself. But you were working on a project with them. There had to be like a conversation of like, I don't want to work with you anymore because yeah. of this and this and this. But And, and, and yeah. it, it, was, it was so obnoxious that like when this thing came up, uh, because it, it, I don't even remember the post exactly, but it was about the... Uh, last owner well the, the founder and ex-owner of just for laugh yeah and uh, it was about uh, him being arrested again for uh, for uh, sexual abuse and everything and he made a post about rape and a lot of people mostly women but also men came out on his post and just shared that uh what they went through when they they they, they they've been raped and what they've went through and everything and he just tried to argue with them and just tell them they were wrong and all, all that shit and it ended with him saying uh well i'm gonna stop this conversation now because i feel that i'm the one being raped on public place right now so fuck you everybody and i'm like i i i, I i'm like look dude look look you, you're Everybody knows we're buddies. We're, we're having a show together. We're having a festival together. We're working together on building the scene here. He's like, yeah, but I don't care. I have my right for freedom of speech. And I guess, yeah, like, yeah well, fuck you. Cause I don't have to, to, to take the shit of you saying such yeah. stupid senseless shit and losing everything I've been working on yeah. for years. And, yeah. and, and it's like, and, and I said, like, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to back off and I don't want to hear about you for a couple of days. I'm going to think this through and I don't want to talk to you. I don't want you to talk to me. Just give me some, some space. And he's like, an hour after, hey, I want to talk to you. Please talk to me. And I'm like, I'm not talking to you. I don't want. No, I don't. I'm, and I'm saying, no, I'm not talking to you. I don't want to talk to you. Please. We already that. know he has issues with consent. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it just it just kept pushing me, and I was like, "Please respect the fact that I do not want to speak with you right now." Yeah, and he's like, "No, I want to talk to you," and I'm like, "You're not respecting me, idiot! You yeah. fucking idiot!" So I'm just like, "Well, it's over. You're not in the project. You're not in the show. You're not in the festival. You're not even in the comedy scene of Quebec, yeah. ever. Bye. Get, just Get goodbye. Yeah. I'm canceling you." Oh, I canceled the You're shit out of this guy. Forcing me to cancel you. I was trying not to. I was trying to work this out with you, but you're leaving me no choice. Oh, I erased him. I did not cancel him. I erased, erased him. him. Yeah. Like about nobody remembers his name anymore. Nobody knows about Good. that. Just because yeah, because you can. Because I know um, my. I have a friend Billy who did a lot of comedy in like Tulsa, and his comedy partner that he'd done a lot of stuff with and been friends with for a long time, all these things came out about him. And these women had screenshots of like just unsolicited dick pics and things like that stuff that he says to them. And Billy honestly had no idea that his friend was this creep. He did not share because his friend knew Billy wouldn't, you know, want to hear that locker room talk bullshit. And um, so when all that shit came out about him, it, it, it really destroyed Billy's credibility in the scene. Cause they're like, how could you be friends with this guy and not know it? 
And, you know, um, and so he basically had to leave town. He had to leave town because he, because his reputation was so ruined by this fucking asshole. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, that's why I'm also, that's what I was saying. I'm real careful who I associate with. Yeah. Um, because yeah. of the nonprofit and, and, and because like, what would it, what would it say about me and my integrity as a, as a person who's starting a nonprofit to help female and queer people, if I then did a stage, if I then performed on a stage that books Louis CK, what does that say about me and my fucking integrity and my values? It means that everything I'm doing doesn't mean shit. It means I don't yeah. really care. You know what I mean? And, and then and so, and, and all the, all the work you put in your project, just, my brand, I have yeah. a brand. Yeah. As I mean, a comedian, you have, yeah. I have a brand and my brand as a comedian is being one that supports females and, and stuff like that. That's, and, and that's, that's, that's my brand. That's, I mean, it's who I am, but it's also like the route I've taken in comedy. So what does it say to me? That's a sellout. If I were to get on that fucking stage, that would be selling out, not doing corporate comedy at a pizza hut thing, Yeah, getting on a stage going against my morals, going against my beliefs and the thing, I'd be a hypocrite and I'd be a sellout and I'm not going to do that. And I think that's like, I was talking to somebody the other day about like what Gen X has brought to, I think that's like a Gen X thing. The whole, like, don't be a sellout, like be true to your fucking, because like grunge music and like Pearl Jam and stuff, of course then Pearl Jam sold out and it pissed me off. But like in the nineties, how old are you again? Uh, 36. 36. Yeah. So like you, you probably, you were old enough to remember the whole grunge thing, but yeah. like in the nineties, like Pearl Jam had this whole, like, fuck the man, fuck corporate America. And they got this whole generation of people like, yeah, fuck the man, fuck corporate America. And then when they came back in like the early two thousands or whatever, uh, mid two thousands, they sold their all album exclusively at target. And I was like, fuck you, Eddie Vedder. Fuck you. Oh, target. Man. Really? Like, fuck you, Eddie Vedder. Like, I was so pissed. And I get they need to make money and shit, but you can't fucking rail against the man in corporate America your whole fucking career and then sell out that hard. It's just, <laughs> and it was shitty music. Yeah, shit. I, I guess. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck. Yeah, I don't want to be, yeah. I, I, I know who I am, I know my values, and I know my morals, and I know my principles, and they're not going to change in 20 years. So standing by them now is not going to embarrass me in 20 years, but, but not standing by them is going to embarrass me. Or uh, and, I was and, telling, we had this whole fucking thing this summer with a bunch of, the whole PC fucking Me Too bullshit, people that are against it and stuff, and they're like, I told them, I was like, you know what, I have never once regretted believing a woman but i have regretted not believing her and then it comes out that it is true because that, that's happened like a woman like not not in comedy but like in high school um there was a boy that was accused of rape and i did not believe the girl because he was my friend and i didn't believe her and um then you know it came out there was more of it that came out and then more and more came out after high school and this guy's in prison for raping people now And so I, I feel bad that I didn't believe her. Um, but I've never once, never once believed a woman and, and regretted not believing her uh, and going against the man. And so, I mean, I know women lie about shit, but the percentage of, the, 
of the ones that are not true are so low and they're generally pretty fucking easy to tell. But um, yeah, most creeps have more than one victim. That's the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Or there's other behavior besides just the rape that's going to tell you that they're a creep. But some of them are really fucking, that guy in high school was just a sociopath, you know, and he was just, you never had known, you would never, ever, ever, ever think that he was a rapist, ever. I mean, he was my friend. I got drunk around him all the time. I passed out, you know, I'm like, well, he never raped me. You know what I mean? But. But that, that, that's the thing. I, I think mo the, the really creepy people, yeah, they might be rapists or, or anything, but like you naturally stay away from these people because they're creepy. You're like, oh, the, there's something about this guy. So I'm going to stay away and, and keep, keep my guards up and everything. Uh, but like when it's a sociopath, that's really likable. That's really yeah. nice to everybody and everybody likes him. And just like, oh, I'm going to drop down my guard. And that's the moment they choose to, to strike. Yeah, I think they, that they I don't know when you drop your guard. I don't think that I don't get a lot of harassment and stuff because I I'm not a good victim. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to take it. And they know I won't. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you out loudly and in public. And, and so, um, and I'm not saying that like other women that aren't like that are somehow wrong and I'm right. I'm just saying like it, my personality now versus what, when I was younger, I was a victim of things, but my personality now pretty much tells predators that I'm not the prey they want to go after. Um, I do, I do, I do occasionally like this summer felt a little concerned for being so outspoken that. I do have a fear that someone's gonna, that some fucking, I'm gonna make a piss off a man and he's gonna come rape me just to show me, put me in my place or something. I am kind of paranoid. Cause at the end of the day, I, I don't have the physical strength to fight a dude off. My, I, I fight with my mouth, you know, physically, I, I'm not a strong person. Um, and yeah, he'll probably go to jail for it. Um, but I'm gonna have to live through that and he's gonna get to go to jail for it. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I have, I was a little paranoid about it last year for a little while because I was so outspoken about some stuff that happened in the scene and I was really pissing off a lot of fucking predatory, creepy dudes. And, you know, that would be something they would do. Just follow me to my car and attack me to just put me in my place. And uh, so I got really paranoid walking back to my car or I'd have it, somebody that I trust walking back to my car at night, which is a good thing to do in Denver anyway, but I've never... I tour alone. I fucking go into strange cities. I sleep in parking lots in my car. I lived in my car for like seven months. Did you say you lived in your car for a summer? Yeah. Yeah. I lived yeah. in my car much longer than I anticipated when I left. <laughs> uh, I was in Omaha for two months and then I was here for five living in my SUV. Um, and so it was great for comedy because I just hit comedy every night because what else was I going to do? Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing to do. <laughs> I love the freedom of it. I bought a bus. I want to build it out to live in, like a handicapped bus. Oh, oh, so nice. much work. So hot. <laughs> I think I've bitten off more than I can chew, but I made such a big deal out of it. I have to fucking do it now. I don't. If I don't do it, I'm gonna be like, like everyone's gonna see the fail. You know what I mean? If I haven't even yeah. tried to do it, though, I at least have to try to fail. I haven't even tried. I, I really feel like selling the bus and not doing it now. But, 
But oh, you I made, can, you can. Yeah, I made a whole Instagram for it. I made a huge deal out of buying this fucking bus. I've been bitching about wanting to buy a bus for three years. And then I bought it. I'm like, this is actually probably more work than I... Yeah, it is. I but, can do. I'm kind of lazy. Fuck. But... but that, that, I, I would so much love to have like my, my own small tour bus and just go around... I just need the money uh, oh, to and, and, and and work. Yeah, you have to make it. But like, there's that thing here in Quebec, like you, you can live in your car between May and October. There's a six-month window. Yeah. Out of that, it just gets icy all the lights like, under zero uh, all the time. It's so cold here. You cannot live in your car. Well, I'm gonna have solar. I mean, the bus. Yeah, I'm gonna have solar panels. It's gonna. It's insulated. Um, I'll be able to, keeping warm is actually easier for me than cooling off. But, um, yeah. but that's why I ended up like not in my car anymore because I couldn't stay in an SUV in the winter in Colorado. Um, it's too cold. It, it, if I had had a car that was prepared or a, something that I was prepared to sleep in the cold in, I could have kept doing it. I loved it. People were very concerned for me and were like, you want to sleep on my couch? And I'm like, no, my no, stuff. No. People no. don't understand how pleasureful it is to, yeah, to freedom. Be your own. oh man i just man. go wherever i want and then all my shit's already with me it's fucking amazing um yeah the freedom of not having bills of just going where you want and oh, that's that's incredible i'm just i loved it yeah i, lo I love i didn't love the vehicle i lived in but i love not not living anywhere yeah. <laughs> i really did but the bus is just so much work i just i wish i had the money to pay someone else to do it because <laughs> I mean I can install solar panels uh, but do I want to you know I can install a shower but do I want to or I'm going to have a composting toilet I want to have rainwater collection there's these things you can put on the outside and then you bring it in into the barrel inside and it collects rainwater for bathing and stuff non, non not eating or drinking or whatever but yeah, yeah I just I, a composting toilet I saw this toilet online that incinerates everything. <laughs> wow. It like burns it and you just, you're, you end up with this little ashes you, you dump and it's all contained and it's, 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 it's got a exhaust and stuff. And uh, I mean, they, they're, they're, they're meant for houses, like to get rid of where well, you can't put plumbing into a building, you know? And, but they're like $2,000, but I'm like, man, this is my dream toilet. <laughs> I want this toilet. I want a toilet that just incinerates my shit. Yeah, just gun. <laughs> no more problem. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, but I can't buy a $2,000 toilet. <laughs> it's, it's, the toilet I want is like is like $800, which is a lot. But yeah. it's a composting toilet, and it has an exhaust fan, and it's, it's contained, and I don't have to worry about smell and all that. But that's if I'm building, if I'm building the van to tour in versus building van to live in, I don't need anything that serious if I'm going to live in it. Yeah. I just need like an emergency camping toilet and I can find toilets and bathrooms. I mean, I lived in my SUV. I showered at Planet Fitness. I traveled. It's part, that's why it's part of my bio. I traveled all around just staying in Planet Fitness parking lots. I went up to Chicago and stayed in Planet Fitness parking lots. It got a little cold because it was November. So I got a place at a hostel hostile a hostel for a couple days okay. and uh i loved it i love the freedom 
and I love it. It, it is so, it is so great, and it, I, I discovered how resourceful I can be. Right. You know, when you have nothing, just find find ways to eat every day without having a fridge to store your food. Uh, yeah. Where you sleep, just uh, find find knowing the city to find parking and everything. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm almost done. You're all right. But yeah, no, it was it I feel prepared for the apocalypse more. Honestly, yeah. like yeah. I'm going to be fine. I know how to fucking survive. I I've always been poor uh my whole life, so I don't require a lot of money. It was it, it was just the biggest issue was just getting rid of all my shit and downsizing everything. Um um, but I, I, I don't own a lot of stuff. Me, me neither. Like uh, yeah, right now, yeah, it is all around, man. But like uh, last time, I, I moved from an apartment to the other one. It took me twenty minutes to pack my stuff and put it in the car. Yeah, that's all. And I'm like twenty minutes. I'm I'm moving. It's done. Yeah. And I I I found it so. Uh, fulfilling to give away all the the stuff that I didn't that I never use and was just hoarding. Just junk. I had junk. I had nothing of value. I couldn't even sell it. I just yeah. I just got rid of all my stuff. That, that's what I did. I, I I just kept what was essential and I gave all the rest away. And now, now I'm like, well, uh, I, I'm I, I feel lighter as a no, as a person. Sure. And I'm I feel light. I feel like well that there. There, there's no big deal. I get kicked out tomorrow. I don't care. I'm yeah, all my stuff will fit in an SUV. Yeah. Um, actually, everything I have in the house that I own in this house right now, because I got some stuff in the bus, I could fit in my 01 Kia Rio. But if I wanted to pack everything that I own that matters to me, it will fit in my SUV, and I'll just barely have room to sleep. Yeah. And so I don't have an SUV anymore, but when I did. And so, like, and when I do buy anything new now, like, I bought... I bought like a plastic toolbox for all my weed stuff and I have, I keep my makeup in a thing that you store screws and stuff in because I want to be able to just pack it and put it in the bus. And so now like anything I buy, it's like, can this be used in the bus? And if it's no, then I'm not buying it. So like, I want to get like a pop-up thing to put out by my back. My, I have a sliding door in my room, you know, for shade. I want to like inflatable pool out there or something to just, kind of chill in and it's hot you know just kind of sit in hot water you know when I'm hot but it's all got to be like if I get lawn furniture or something it's got to be foldable and compactable that I could put in the bus it's all so even if I never build the bus out it's it is helping me stay not spend money like I have a bunch of clothes half the clothes I own I don't wear because they're they're if I work a day job And, you know, I don't get rid of them because you never know when I'm going to have to go back to work. They're like my business casual fucking sweater sets and shit that I never <laughs> wear. I never wear them. I look like a mom. Um, <laughs> they're just for work, which I don't, I'm desperately trying not to do. But, uh, and I have to, and I have to have those fucking clothes. Yeah, you never know, but. I don't want a day job. I'm probably going to have to get one soon, though. Yeah, I just started one, and it's not, it's not the best. <laughs> Now, I'm going to try just door dashing again. My car's not running the best, though. But, but yeah, I think we can wrap that up here. Yeah, sure. uh, it was good. It was great talking. It was a great conversation. Um, I might, you know, if Trump wins again, 
Um, I might be coming to Canada for three to four years. I, I was talking to <laughs> the other comedian that I interviewed this from Canada. Her mom is an immigration lawyer up there. I'm like, well, okay. just talk it over with your mom. I don't want to, you know, become a Canadian citizen or anything. I just want to hang out there for three to four years until we get a different president because I just can't. can't. I'd really like to go to Dublin or somewhere overseas and just completely leave the entire country. But <laughs> I can't because I have kids and family and stuff. I have to be able to come back to America and see my people. But yeah, uh, yeah I was like, I, I was like, I told her, I was like, I'm serious. I need to know what to do in November if Trump wins again. I just need to be, I just need to be in Canada for like three to four years. Just figure out the easiest way for me to do that legally. And uh, yeah, I'll come up there and I'll fucking, I'll just take my bus up there. Yeah, take your bus and come to Montreal. There's a yeah. there's a good comedy scene in English in Montreal, French and English. So they do comedy in French. So is it uh, I, I do it in French and I started doing it in English too. Really? Yeah, because yeah, like, like my like Josue, he's Hispanic, and we were talking the other day how we can't believe there's not more Hispanic comedians here in Denver because there's a huge Hispanic population, and like talking about trying to do comedy in Spanish versus English and the translations and the timing and how like it would have to be, it would probably be, I, I don't know very many comedians that do it in, in Spanish and English. Well, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to translate the jokes and everything yeah. from one language to another. And even if the joke is well translated, like the, it's not the same culture of comedy the so on the cultural side what makes uh americans laugh or not gonna make bakers yeah laugh and, and yeah the like uk that. comedians they have some references in their jokes that we don't get yeah for different terms and then they have to they so they'll just explain it real quick oh i'm sorry you don't know what that is it's a <laughs> blah blah in america you call it a and they're like oh we're like oh, okay that thing um my problem i I can understand you, but I have issues with accents, like English accents, even though I'm an English speaking person, if their accent is too thick, like Monty, Poth Monty, Monty Python yeah. movies, like I can watch Life of Brian, but the Holy Grail, I have to have captions on. I don't know what they're saying. And it's just, I just, my brain just sucks. And I have trouble understanding anybody with a thick accent. Uh, Yeah, and that, I mean, it's a personal issue that I have. Other people understand it just fine. I'm just, I don't know. My brain just doesn't hear. They talk really fast. I'm like, what? Yeah, and they, they, they use very strange words all over, yeah. all over the place. So it's weird. <laughs> I enjoy English comedy. I enjoy the comedy a lot. I just have trouble understanding what they say. But yeah, I'm gonna, we can get off here now. I can get off here. I gotta go deal with that bullshit that I'm <laughs> Before the night, before the, it was great. And, yeah, this was a good conversation. I'm excited to look more at your website. And um, are we friends on Facebook? Uh, I don't think so, but I'm gonna. If you add me, then I can tag you in it when I post it. When I post the, I don't edit this. I just throw it up. So everything that's been said is just gonna like up until these. I don't edit it at all. I just um, no production um, value at all to this podcast. That, that's what I thought, and I'm all okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. But it was great talking to you, and uh, yeah. hopefully I'll make it up your way someday. 
I hope so. Tell sure. to keep me updated. I just sent you the friend we requested. The friend re, re, I have my um, I, my English just flew the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It was good to talk to you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.